I like to think that you're giving me the hand and I'm giving you the hand. And it's like, mm-hmm. we're so good at it. We might as well make it a job. A, a hand job, if you will. That's how the podcast starts, right? Mm-hmm. Why not? How's it going over there? It's good. Um, I haven't checked the numbers in our county uh, in the past two days, but uh, somebody in my office is um, trying to get a test today for this weekend. Yay. Uh, yeah, 34 cases today. So I'm like, uh, obviously, uh-huh. for so many reasons, hoping that she doesn't have coronavirus. But uh, I just wonder what that will mean for the rest of us as well. 35 in the hospital, 6 in the ICU. 35 in the hospital? Oh, yeah. shit. For the longest time, it was like 8 in the hospital, 1 in the ICU until like this past month. And then it's just boink, way up. Yeah. Hooray, hooray. And yeah, I mean, like... Uh, Somebody was somebody was talking to us on Twitter about our area and our numbers and us mm-hmm. being concerned about it. And it's like, obviously, there are places that are much more devastated. But I think you always get concerned when the closer it is to home. Um, sure. And the, the sharp spike in our area is especially troubling. Um, well, I think what's the most worrisome to me is that you know this is always like a lagging indicator. Yeah. Like yeah. whatever the cases you're seeing reported today, if that many people are reported, then that means that like how many other people don't know they have it yet and haven't thought to go get tested. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as usual, our Buffy headcanon podcast is preceded with just some minor, you know, anxiety and terror about COVID-19. We start off with a little COVID-19, some coronavirus. We'll talk mm-hmm. some, some Buffy and some 90s TV. We'll have a... a something red corner towards the end. <laughs> I, I didn't realize this. So I was looking at Reddit or their shade, but apparently there is one of the potential slayers is named Rona, which that's an L now. Oh yeah. I'm trying to remember. Let me Google her. See if she's the one I remember being Rona. I honestly don't remember any of the potentials except for Kennedy yep. and like a tall one. I remember there's like, a, like a kind of like a girl who was like taller than everyone else. And that's really well, because, all I remember. Because Rona was Indigo. Indigo? That's the actor's name. Oh, okay. Like like a like a Bono, like a single name type situation? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh I'm trying to remember if I remember. I mean, one of them was um I know one was Felicia Day, but I, I like yeah. I know that from like the internet after the show. I do not remember her character on the show at all. So I don't know if she wow. just wasn't on it very much or I don't know. Oh, how sad is it that I, I also remember them through the filter of that one scene, which I believe was Xander's dream? I don't think I remember that. I only watched most of those episodes once, except for like conversations with dead people and, and uh, uh, helpless. No, that's not right. Um, selfless. Except selfless. for those two episodes, I kind of think the rest of that, that series or season is trash. I mean, the last five are at least like decent, but uh, it's a simple story. Stop, Stop me for it, yeah. I have found, truthfully, nothing can be made better with the story. And this one has a happy ending. Hello and welcome to Headcanon. I'm James. And I'm Marco Sparks. And welcome back. We're closing out season three of Buffy today. Did three episodes on season three of Buffy. It is, I think, the best season of Buffy, so perhaps that's justified. Hmm. Uh, we'll be talking about Earshot and Graduation Day Parts 1 and 2 today. 
before we get into them, what are you watching right now? I've been watching a lot. Oh, yeah? Um, this May Destroy You. I watched like five episodes of that the other day. Perry Mason. Yeah. I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Finished. Over the last few months, I've been finishing Arrested Development. Going <laughs> deeper You're, you're really that. a completist. Apparently I was. Apparently I was. Um, and then I started watching, um, on someone's recommendation the other day, a show called Warrior Nun. Hmm. Okay. Which um, was a really nice pairing with Buffy. I'm trying to okay. imagine like a theoretical like list of shows that I need to either catch up on or like watch because I've heard that they're good or I never mm-hmm. finish. And like Arrested Development is very very far down that list. <laughs> I mean, like yeah, four I... episodes into season four, and I was like, I'm not really feeling it. I um I don't know. It started a couple months ago. It started when I was not feeling very well, and I just put it on because it's an easy thing for me to just kind of laugh to. And then somewhere every once in a while, I would just you know put a couple episodes. So I started watching through season four, like the 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 remix season that Netflix put out because they mm-hmm. remix season. Yeah, four. they like re-edited it. And then I just somehow kept going occasionally through season five, and it's so fucking weird. Like, like there's I I don't I don't know how to explain it. It's there's a lot of limitations, obviously, um, stuff where, where cast members weren't available. But, like, there's a lot of ADR. Like, they clearly were fixing something in the editing room. Hmm. I don't know. So what is uh, Warrior Nun? Is that what it sounds like, pretty much? Uh, kind of. It's uh, uh, it's all in English, but it's, like, set in Spain where it's, like, an American girl got in a car accident as a child. She's a... Uh, not quite a paraplegic, um, maybe a tetraplegic. And she's like raised in, a, in a, an orphanage by like Catholics. And so she kind of hates them. And then something happens where this like sect of warrior nuns is like fleeing a demon battle. And they put their mystical artifact in her after she's died and she's raised up. And it's kind of like, uh, it's got like a little Buffy vibe. It's fun. It's silly. Mm-hmm. Um, the main actress is like adorable and fun. Like she's like kind of experiencing the real world for the first time because she's never seen outside of her orphanage. Um, I don't know. I've watched a couple episodes. It could be stupid, but it was interesting just to pair it with, uh, you know, going back into the past with Buffy and, and a modern show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What have I been watching? Perry Mason. Um, I think the last, the episodes have been getting progressively better. I guess I would say. I'm not quite sure where they're going to things. I don't know if this is going to be like another, like Nick Pizzolatto joint where, there's a suggestion of mass conspiracy and then like the actual solutions pretty uninspiring and kind of like deflating. We'll see. Isn't it like, like they didn't actually use him. Like he had to leave it. Right. Uh, yeah. But he, I don't know who knows how much his influence is on it, I guess. Oh, quite a bit. Yeah. I just, every episode of that show ends and I'm like, if I don't watch more, I will be fine. <laughs> I like Matthew Reese, um, and I like the um, is it Chris Chalk? Is that the actor's name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's playing yeah. Paul, who I guess is a character from Perry Mason, like yeah, the, the actual. Yeah, I like those two, and um, I think they actually gave Della something to do in this last. Uh, Della's the like for me like one of the driving forces of the show. Hmm. Um, I, I, obviously, I love Tatiana Maslany, but I don't know that I love this storyline. Well, it's just a very creepy character. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's going to turn out that, like, she was pregnant or something. And I don't know, the whole, like, she's going to resurrect the kid thing is really weird. 
Uh, but you know, it's fine, I guess. The very limited amount of TV I watch. Um, I have been watching All Be Gone in the Dark. It's just really weird seeing all these like very familiar neighborhoods, like where I grew up, at least for I don't know six years or so of my life, is like mm-hmm. essentially like right in the heart of the East Area Rapist like hunting ground. Um, mm-hmm. Although I had no clue that any of that was happening or had happened at the time. It was about ten years later. Uh, that I was living there. Never even heard of it until like a couple of years ago. I was like, wait, that happened? <laughs> like nobody ever mentioned that. It's weird. Um, so it's just no, like I, the, the whole show, it's like them driving around the Sacramento area and it's like, oh, hey, I, I recognize that place. Or it's like you just you see the vegetation and the architecture, the housing, and it's all just like super familiar. Yeah. I feel like I've um, had people in my family who all have stories that are like adjacent to want to be East area rapist, not anecdotes, but, um, or I, I've met people, I've met people's parents who were just like dying to tell stories about, Oh, when I was a teenager, somebody kept trying to break into my room. I'm pretty sure it was the East area rapist. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of, I don't know, like, uh, an extra filter laid over the history of California. The last couple of decades is a lot of, if you know enough people, like somebody has got some kind of story where they're, Tangent related to Zodiac or, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, um, or the whatever the bus thing that inspired. I guess that was still Zodiac. Um, uh, the first Dirty the Dirty Harry movie. I guess that was Zodiac. Yeah, and then that, at, that was Zodiac, on top yeah. of it, you have like the the. Then how do I remember it? Sometimes I remember it more through the fictionalized versions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like Zodiac. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, what are you listening to? Uh, still Phoebe Bridgers. Uh, I was listening to Colts a little bit. I was listening to an artist named Nana Ajoa. Ajoa? I don't know how to exactly pronounce that. I'm just butchering it. Um, and then just, you know, pulling random songs here and there. You? Uh, just, you know, R.I.P. Ennio Morricone had to go back and revisit the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly soundtrack. Which good is soundtrack. still an awesome soundtrack. I don't have it, but the uh, Once Upon a Time in the West soundtrack is also excellent. You know what? Even... Too. Even the thing soundtrack is really good. <laughs> well, he's done like so many others too. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Um, hell of a fucking. I mean, even you know, like stuff that I didn't totally care about the movie, like Hateful Eight, is uh, mm. you know, it's a good soundtrack. Um, but yeah, the thing one is really interesting just because it's it's a little different. And it's also like not mm. um, John Carpenter. Yeah, one of the only times he hasn't scored himself. Yeah, and then yeah. of course I had to go watch those uh, PLL videos I edited together. So that was of a fun trip down memory lane. I always forget the anniversary of those. Uh, the like I, I always mean to post a link to the uh, Pretty Little Suicide Squad one on its anniversary, and I, I forget every time. And what what day is that? I think it's in April sometime. Oh, darn! It's the best work of our time. That is. I mean, of all the videos, video, that's... I, I'd say video editing wise, yeah. Hmm. Or do you disagree? Um, there's something about the Toby one. <laughs> that, that Toby one's fine. It, to me, it's just the, the Pretty Little Suicide Squad one has like exponentially more views than the other ones for a reason. Uh, there's something about just the, the iconic way it all comes together with the end of M83 and Peter Hastings saying, Good night, Toby. Thanks for all the hard work. R.I.P. It's like I almost feel like they should have gone back and retroactively just killed Toby because you had already had done the funeral. 
He should have stayed dead, probably, yeah. He was a sacrifice. I mean, all we really missed was, like, a chance for Alex Drake to sleep with him when he was super drunk. And, like, never really address how problematic that is. Yeah. Anyway, what are you reading? And for us to make jokes about how drunk Toby was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, nothing at the moment. I, I, I need people to suggest something to me. Hmm, okay. Which I will maybe then ignore and read my own thing. But Did you ever finish the Hunger Games book? No, I never went back. Oh, we should finish that then. <sighs> anyway, I just finished reading The Hazelwood. I finally finished it. Um, mm. Good, I guess I'd say. It starts to get pretty weird towards the end. Almost to like a metaphysical point where it's like, is any of this real? Um, but it's interesting. That apparently there's like a sequel to it. I'm not really sure how, but... Did you ever tell us what this is about? It is about, gosh, this is going to be hard to describe. Um, there's a writer in the 70s whose name is uh, Althea Prosperi- Prosperine, I think is the name. And she writes this, she's like this kind of like famous, like rich socialite who writes a book called The Hinterland or Tales of the Hinterland. It's mm-hmm. like this, like, it becomes incredibly well known. It's like this kind of like literary sensation, literary sensation, but like a, a cultish sensation where it's like the book's always really hard to find, but like everybody who reads it, it's like blown away by it. Um, this is all prologue too. Um, so she, she goes to live in some kind of like complex called the Hazelwood and like upstate New York or something like that. And, um, which is all to say that like the book itself is about the granddaughter of Althea Prospering whose name is Alice and who has lived with her mother, Ella, her mother, Ella basically like got them out of the Hazelwood because it, I don't know. It was just like a weird place or whatever. And, but they, they're moving around constantly because it's like they're cursed. Every time they stay somewhere for too long, just bad things start happening. And it's the story is basically Alice. Like they think they're in a good place because Althea died recently and like they're safe now, but then like more bad things start happening. And like, like things from the tales of the hinterland books start kind of showing up IRL and it's, it's very moody and weird. Um, uh, that's, I wouldn't want to spoil anything else about it. Well, I like moody and weird. Mm-hmm. In fact, moody and weird is kind of my sweet spot. Okay. Anyway. Uh, all right. I think that finishes our, our media diet discussion. Let's get on yeah. to Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 3, Part 3. Do you have an opening statement? Uh, yeah, so it's kind of in two parts. Um, so obviously we're winding down this iteration of the show. Um, I find it fascinating that what I felt at the time is still true, that to me Buffy is one of those few shows that kind of in its own metaphorical way nails the high school experience. Um the, the the weird, bizarre dichotomy between, like, having school spirit and not, the way the high school experience ends, the kind of end of an era feeling you carry where it's, like, these kids that you've known for years and you hate them or you tolerate them and now you're all kind of getting out. Um, it's even, you know, you feel a little sad in places even while you're excited for what's next. Um, plus, I think the interpersonal drama between all the characters really has gelled here in season three, especially at the end. Um I know you said that you thought season three was the best. I feel like it's kind of a similar conversation to uh, our talks about Lost season two and three, about which is better, because I think seasons two and three are both incredibly strong, but like in different ways. Um, that said, 
Your shot would have aired one week after Columbine was pulled, as was Graduation Day Part 2. They both didn't air until later that year in September. And, um, you know, SMG campaigned hard to, for them to not pull Earshot because she thought it would have been very healing and there's an empathetic message there. But it just was very weird to be a Buffy fan at that time dealing with this conversation nationally, but also kind of like jonesing for my fix. Um, and it just it was a weird thing, too, especially for a finale. The, the idea that <laughs> we watched part one of the finale and then they're like, OK. Maybe we'll air part two at some point. Anyway, season four comes out in a few months. Um, but yeah, I, I watched a few more episodes besides what we talked about. And it was just fun to go back in the show. You? Yeah, um, thus concludes the best season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, in my opinion. Uh, I think season two might have had the higher highs there with like, you know, um, surprise and innocence becoming. But season three, just front to back, was so consistently smart and entertaining and creative. Faith's villainy in these uh, final chapters here, I think it's dealt with in a very a way that feels tragic but necessary. And the mayor really gets to ham it up as just like the corniest motherfucker ever uh, before he finally transforms into like a big worm, I guess is what he is. Um, Snake. Oh, like worm, like W-Y-R-M, worm. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, the breakup of Buffy and Angel is the work of most of the season. And by the finale, I think the split feels earned. Uh, like graduating, it's a, it's a part of Buffy growing up to be able to move on from that. And I think after three seasons, Buffy the show is ready to grow up too. And this was a really satisfying cap on the high school years. End statement. All right, cool. Take that cap off and throw it in the air. Mm-hmm. So S3E18 Earshot. Yes, as you mentioned, this was supposed to air in late April. It got delayed to sub- uh, sorry, September 21st of 1999. Uh, is this possibly our first Jane Espenson that we've talked about? Uh, that we've talked about, maybe. I mean, I know she's been on the show for other episodes. Well, it's like I, I know I mentioned that, you know, when the show is airing, I didn't really appreciate Marty Noxon. But I feel like Jane Espenson was like one of the other writers that I, I adore. I feel like we and, really started to notice her by like season four. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like this was a time, too, with like modern shows. It was I was like a senior in high school. So it was like. I watched a lot of shows, but this was like one of those shows where I really well, this like lined up perfectly for you. Yeah, I would have been a freshman in college for this season, and I was very curious, like who who wrote this episode, like what little nuances did they carry? And I don't know. It really was a beginning of a certain kind of journey for how I, I don't know, looked at TV and studied it. Um, Jane Espenson, man, who has had a huge career since then, but I feel like I think this might have been her first season. I'm looking yeah. right now at the writing credits. Yeah, I think this was her first season. Okay. But I feel like not not the, like, since Buffy, like, not the big thing that we would think. I mean, I know she did, like, OC and all kinds of other, mm-hmm. you know, short stints. I don't know if she's ever been the showrunner for a show. I'm not sure. Maybe she has. But by now, mm-hmm. it seems like it'd be a crime if she wasn't, just given how many TV shows are out there. Well, it's like, last week we were talking about, like, oh, so-and-so, didn't he go on to run, like, like Marvel's Daredevil show, and it's yeah. like, where, where's the Jane Espenson show? Anyway, how many moments you got? I have five. I have five for each of mine. Somehow I've got seven again. Okay. Right. Um, my number seven, in the epilogue, as Buffy and Willow are catching up, and Willow says, so you're feeling better about Angel? And she's like, well, we talked about it. Then he ripped out the heart of a demon and fed it to me, and then we talked some more. And Willow's like, see, that's how it should work. Um. <laughs> 
My number six moment is following that in the epilogue as Buffy gives Giles an update on Jonathan and she's like, well, it's nice to help someone in non-slang capacity, except he's starting to get that look, you know, like he's going to ask me to prom. And Giles is like, well, it'd probably be good for his self-esteem if you, and she's like, what am I, St. Buffy? He's like three feet tall. Yeah. Yeah, that's my number five, Buffy. Oh, come on. What am I, St. Buffy? He's like three feet tall. Love that line. By the way, Jane Espenson, uh, she is an EP on the Devers upcoming show with Joss Whedon. Uh, she's also been on Jessica Jones and it looks like 151 episodes as an EP, like a co-EP on Once Upon a Time. So I, okay. I wonder if she actually ran any of those shows because she had a, a piece in all of those, the Once Upon a Time world there. Mm, good for her. Uh, where were we? You're number five? My number five is... Um, Buffy goes to see Angel and, uh, you know, she's pulled the curtain aside to let herself in, letting the sunshine in. And he's just like kind of walking out, like rubbing his eyes like he's clearly awoken. And then also there's just like this giant thing of sunlight coming in. It's like, yeah. (laughs) And then like she doesn't quite close it. She does not close it. Yeah. He just keeps like looking back like you left my fucking door open. (laughs) And so the whole time he's like vibing like he's this lame deadbeat boyfriend who sleeps into noon. Anyway, so, like, she's yammering about Faith, trying to get him to think of her. And then finally he's just like, you can't get into my mind. And she's like, how did you? Why not? (laughs) And then I want to talk about more about the scene as we go through it because I really love that scene. But, yeah. Uh, So my number four is just Willow thinking, Buffy did the reading? Buffy understood the reading? I don't know. I just love the delivery of that. (laughs) Uh, Number three, we get a Pepper Elliott school quad or courtyard. You got Buffy Willow Oz Xander there watching. Um, I just love <laughs> Willow reading the school paper, and, like the latest of this, like Guy Freddy's like column, like the pep rally is a place for pseudo prostitutes provoke men to a sexual frenzy, frenzy something, something about sports. And she asks Oz if he ever reads the paper, and he's like, Yeah, but I usually go straight to the obits. <laughs> I just get straight to the obits. Yeah, subtle joke there the fact that there is an obit section of a high school newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see, number three, just a little capper at the end of the episode uh, when Buffy's talking to Giles. She says, oh, yeah, if you're not too busy having sex with my mother, <laughs> he walks into a tree. I caught a bit of, excuse me, um, this year's girl or who are you, whichever one, when uh, he's, she's Faith trying yeah, to prove. Yeah. And she's like, well, my mom said you're kind of a stevedore during sex. Do you want me to go on? <laughs> my mom had sex with you. She thought you were like a stevedore. Yeah. Uh, number three is this the Scooby gang interrogating their schoolmates to see if they're mass murderers or not. Oh, yeah. Willow's interrogation of Jonathan in particular is pretty funny. Willow's really funny through that this whole episode. Yeah. Uh, my number two is just the, the scene where the Scooby gang finds out about Buffy's power. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a lot of good comedy there as she's reading their minds and whatnot. <laughs> Xander, is that all you think about? If she contains my thoughts, she is me. We think, therefore, she is. I got um, yeah, <laughs> or just Cordelia is like, uh, this doesn't apply to me. Can I go? Hey, this doesn't apply to me. Can I go? It's very uh, uh, Joe Montana SNL sketch. You remember that sketch? No. You don't remember the Joe Montana one where it's like it's like Phil Hartman and uh, I can't remember who. Maybe like maybe Jane Curtin. Maybe it's probably someone else. But like. It's this whole scene where they like they just got home from a date and like Phil Hartman's like weird roommate is upstairs and the whole time they're like they're making lame small talk while like in their head we're hearing their thoughts and mm-hmm. Phil Hartman's like I want to jump her bones and then she says something boring and then in her head she's like I want to jump his bones and it like kind of goes on and on 
And then the roommate comes down and it's Joe Montana. And like they make some small talk with him. And they're like, oh, we're not making too much noise. And, and Joe Montana says, that's okay. I'll be upstairs masturbating. And then it like cuts to like his thoughts. And his thoughts are, that's okay. I'll be upstairs masturbating. It's like the weirdest skit, but it's great. So these are thoughts after they do the, the verbal dialogue? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about speaking without thinking. Um, my number two is just Xander catching the lunch lady. I love the little pause as he holds the jello in front of his mouth and she is holding the comically large box of rat poison. <laughs> well, Xander, you're really distracted by some fucking jello there. Come on, it's jello. Also, like, I've only ever been into like the school cafeteria kitchen at various schools I've been to like once or twice. I didn't know you could just like go in there and help yourself. It's I mean, a whole racket I would have had access I guess to. You, you can if nobody tells you to get out. Yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, where are we at, number one? Yep. Uh, Buffy talking Jonathan down. I thought that was just a very nice of scene. Course. Good good uh, little speech by SMG, which I guess Joss Whedon kind of parachuted in to write parts of this scene and parts of the scene with uh, Buffy talking about um, Othello. Uh, Othello, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it was like originally like Catcher in the Rye or like Henry V. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, obviously, it's just that, that whole speech, you know, like... Um, um, I I don't think of you like yeah. no one really does like they're too busy with their own shit yeah I I love that and the thematic like like the way that you're just waiting for them to tie it all back together and she's just like if you could only hear what they're feeling the loneliness mm-hmm. confusion it looks quiet down there it's not it's deafening yeah good stuff all right so yeah getting into this episode I believe uh, I did watch the one before this which I think is enemies um, that's the one where like. Faith is revealed to everyone to be fully evil and working for the mayor and the ascension is coming. That's the one where for some reason, like if, like two episodes ago, I confused the Gwendolyn post one or, or I mixed the Gwendolyn post one up with the enemies one and mashed them into one in my head. Cause I know that they say multiple times here that like Faith and angel just kissed in that episode. Yeah. There's, like they would do more. No, no, they definitely don't do more, but it's it's a whole thing. That that episode's honestly really weird enemies. It's one of the weirder ones where it, it feels clunky because they're trying to do a big twist where we think Angel's been turned, but he's acting the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so like oh, there's like for half the episode, things in general just feel kind of out of character out of character. Mm-hmm. I do like the uh the weird demon guy who like does the light show. I like his voice. Oh, yeah, that guy. Good voice. My debt is repaid to you, Rupert Giles. Introduce him to his wife. Uh, uh, so so, Earshot. Yeah, but- it starts with these creepy alien-looking fleshy things with no mouths. Although, I got to say, I, I feel like they're so weird that you don't really notice you don't have mouths. You know, it's like just the rest of them is so weird that you're not like, oh, wow, they have no mouth. They're like... Um- they're like abundantly naked in a way that I really noticed. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because uh, they're so fleshy looking. Yeah. Gross skin, open mm-hmm. wounds, lots of open wounds. Yeah. Um, I do like, uh, like the effect of their blood is like really cheap, but I also kind of like it. It looks like glowing milk a little bit. Yeah. I mean, kind of like mercury, I guess. Yeah like, yeah. like mercury with a little bit of black light shown on it. Yeah. So Buffy, like, she stabs one of these dudes. I like how she just has, like, a straight dagger. Like, does she, I mean, we know she has a stake. Does she also roll up with a dagger, too, like, in case she has to kill a demon? You would think it would be beneficial. Yeah, I guess so. 
I mean, theoretically, the sword, too, if you could just walk around town with a broadsword. Um, because, like, you know, if you can't stake the vampire, you can always, like, cut their head off. Definitely. A pretty cool shot where um, I think one of them has gotten a hold of her dagger and throws it at her, and she just catches it. Very nice. Well, it's a, it's a great bit where the one in front of her just suddenly ducks. Mm-hmm. as the one behind him throws it. And it's like later you're like, okay, they're telepathic. It's uh, you after the fact you can go back and watch it and kind of see oh that's what's going on but the way it's actually cut together I think it, it'd be easy to miss that kind of subtlety there it just looks like more Buffy fighting weird demons pretty much mm-hmm. yeah so she kills one and the blood's like absorbed into her skin she doesn't totally notice at first um, we find out that that Giles and the team are having a hard time researching what the fuck is going on with the mayor's ascension catching us up here Faith is all bad. Oz's hair is now bleach blonde. Um, and fortunately, Buffy's unfortunate bangs are gone. Yeah, yeah, the bangs are gone. I wonder if that hair was for Can't Hardly Wait. I'm trying to think of the mm. timelines. That was like 98. Can't though, Hardly so. Wait? The Zeth Green? Oh, okay. Yeah, not, not SMG. Yeah, Zeth Green's dark hair. The, the jet black hair, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Will looks so adorable in this episode that it'll give you a two-fake. Okay. Uh, yeah, she's got school spirit. She's like coaching basketball players. Uh, this guy Percy will be around for a while. In the background. I, got, I got some thoughts on Percy later. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xander has a possibly non-sexual crush on a jock named Hogan Martin. He's I don't know, like the the good basketball player. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Buffy's itchy from where this like she got demon blood in her hand. So Giles is like. Reading a book about the demons in question. Um, what do you think that research consists of? Just like, all right, we know there's this thing called ascension. Look, re- look through every book and see if you see the word ascension, basically. Yeah, which apparently they they say in one of the episodes, and because it's kind of a blur. Because I watched these three, and then I went back and watched. Uh, I'm just imagining Hoping. like the the Buffy episode from like I don't know 2006 or seven or whatever, or like they just like scanned and done like OCR of all the books that Giles has. And so they can just literally type it into a search engine. You're like, Oh, we found it immediately. Scanning takes a lot longer <laughs> than you realize. They'd have to start now in 1999. I know how long scanning takes. I had that job for six months. Um, oh, okay. Six months. You're the mm-hmm. good expert on that. But yeah, there's a, there's a comical moment here where like he's reading this book about the demons in question and he's just like, oh, it says they can infect their hosts kind of casually. And she's like, infect? 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 Giles infect? Yeah, like Infect? That. <laughs> um, so she'll get some kind of aspect of the demon, but she doesn't know what yet. Uh, we go into this pep rally that's on her mind. There's Buffy, Willow, and Oz, Xander, like, watching. Um, they really use this courtyard a hell of a lot in this, this second half of season three. Um, and this is where Willow's reading Freddy's latest column. I don't think we've heard of Freddy before. No, it was the first time I heard of Freddy. Good old um, Freddy. So Buffy's worried that she'll get horns. You know, it could be claws, it could be scales. And then Willow's eyes go wild and she's like, wait, was it a boy demon? Yeah, her uh, acting there, uh, pretty funny. Uh, the, the wide-eyed expression, like, like as she gets the idea and asks if it was a boy demon. And then Xander. And then there's Xander, yeah. Although I wonder how Xander feels about Freddy. Feels like Freddy's kind of like stepping on his turf a little here with Although I suppose Freddy's like more cynical. I don't think that Freddy Iverson suffers Xander Harris all that much. <laughs> Especially since uh, I think one of the most damning moments of this season is uh, when Xander loses Class Clown. Uh-huh. 
to the prop comic. To the prop comic, yeah. <laughs> whenever, whenever anyone asks, like, who would I be in Buffy? My answer is always Freddy the newspaper guy. I was such a jaded, cynical little shit. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so then Xander's like staring at all these like uh, beautiful young women, this young flesh, as he says, watching the the cheerleaders, and he's just like wondering why he ever wasted his time on Cordelia, which is, yeesh. And then he sees like, <laughs> what the fuck, Xander? Come on. Yeah. He sees like Wesley going up those stairs right by where the, the cheerleaders are doing their thing. And he's like stopping to specifically look at Cordelia. And Xander's like upset and jealous at like Wesley's like Pierce Brosnan-esque eyes all over my Cordy. And then Oz is just like, you're a complicated man. I feel like Oz is really thinking like this fucking shit heel. Um, mm-hmm. But like this, like after all the the kind of the stuff with Zeppo and Faith and then like the way faith kind of like turns on him this feels like such a backslide which i guess you could say like oh in real life people you know they don't develop all in one direction or whatever. but it, it feels like the writers like forgot that they had like kind of like moved this character forward and are yeah. just like doing their old jokes from like season two well and then he'll then develop this like weird superiority that he like kind of touts over anya which i guess is what he also did to cordelia um constantly or at least like public superiority over her yeah like you're shallow basically I'm yeah not. yeah i was like constantly like kind of like talking down to her or commenting upon her comments rather than having a conversation of her but i kind of think like this really made me look at oz a lot more because i mean like you get in those situations where it's like you're going to a social situation you know and it's like it's your significant other's friends and mm-hmm. you're like this would be a lot of fun if it weren't for that one guy <laughs> the guy that i tolerate mm-hmm and that's that's gotta be Xander for Oz, right? Yeah, I mean, not to mention the fact that like he, you know, cheated yeah, on, yeah. Uh, you know, or cheated with Willow. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Oz just enjoys the fact that like now he's with Willow and he can rub that perpetually in Xander's face. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the one part of it he likes. So just lording it over him, yeah. Uh, Willow only kind of listening to Buffy's concerns about demon stuff. Uh, so. Uh, that night, but while patrolling, Buffy pulls out her compact, looks at herself, seeing that she still has a mouth. She looks in the mirror, and it's like, oh shit, Angel right behind her because. Well, you don't see him in the mirror, yeah. As a vampire, there's no reflection, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so things are awkward because, between them because of Faith, which is interesting because they they were a little bit in sync at the end of Enemies, but also not. No, I mean there is definitely tension at the end of Enemies, like the the way that played out where. He pretends to be desold again, isn't jealous, and he's like making out with Faith, and he like hits Buffy a few times, and mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's a little too, it's like, were you enjoying that a little type of situation? I did enjoy though just the the moment where after like Faith has finished monologuing in that episode, Buffy's able to lean over to Angel and be like, "Do you think that she's told us everything we know?" And he's like, "Yeah, I do." <laughs> End scene. Um, like, I guess I'm a better actor than you. Best actor in Sunnydale or something like that. And then Angel's like, second best. Bum, yeah. bum, bum. Uh, also, Angel has really wide leg pants in this outfit he's wearing in this episode. Okay. Um, there's also some tension here because, again, um, she's patrolling. She can't go to a high school basketball game with her friends or her old boyfriend, which is really going to get ramped up in season three if, when she talks about prom. But uh, the next day, Xander, Will, and Oz are still hyped about the game last night. Apparently it uh, ended on a buzzer beater, but then when Buffy walks up, they all want to shut up and not talk about how exciting it is until Cordelia shows up and is like, are you kidding? That was amazing. I've never cheered so hard. I still have knee marks on my back. Yeah, from the Uh, the cheer pyramid. 
Yeah. So Xander watches Cordelia like walk off and he's thinking like, I wonder if she and Wesley have kissed, which Buffy hears and she mentions to him, it must be really hard on you. It's one of he's like, I wonder if my ex-girlfriend has kissed an adult teacher at this school. It can happen. Well, he's not even a teacher at the school. <laughs> I think he's technically supposed to be another librarian or something. I don't know. He has to have like, a reason to be in the library constantly, right? This is like, uh, well, I guess this, I was going to say this is pre-Columbine, but kind of is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Xander's like, man, you read my mind. And like dramatic pushing on Buffy. And she's like, hmm, hmm. So after the commercial, like walks down the school hallway. At first she hears like a kindly teacher. Um, and she's like, oh, hi, how's it going? And he immediately thinks like, if only we could get rid of all the students. And she's like, Jesus. Uh, one disgruntled student's thinking about when he's a software billionaire and everyone else is flipping burgers. We're getting uh, lots, lots of thoughts from various kids. Some dudes are being like lecherous and gross about her. Well, the that is kind of fascinating because the one guy's like Buffy's so beautiful. I mean, look at that body, and she kind of like stops to like be admired for a moment. Well, until the, he the says, first thing he says is like somewhat complimentary and then he's just like i'd love to shove her against the locker and then she's like ew mm-hmm. gross yeah. yeah 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 um she goes giles asks the aspect thing it's way better than a tail i mean i already have enough trouble finding jeans that fit um i like that he's initially like this is probably just projection you know and she's like when i walked in a few minutes ago you thought look at her shoes i bet that if a fashion magazine told her to she'd wear cats strapped to her feet and he's just <laughs> like oh shit <laughs> Then we have this whole scene where it's English class and Buffy's basically reading other students' minds to like pr- the answer questions about the reading. This is why Will is so surprised. Like, wow, Buffy did the reading. And then like Buffy reads the teacher's mind to like spout back some like next level like readings of Iago uh, about, you know, Iago and Othello, like one being the dark half of the other that was from the teacher's like dissertation or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she like makes a real, Buffy makes a real enemy of this girl, Nancy. It's a different Nancy. Um, also the guy uh, or the student behind Willow has an intense vest and pearl necklace combo going on um, so we see I wonder if that's like even like costuming or that's the extras to show up wearing whatever I don't know if they even had the budget for that on the show well like Freddie Iverson's there he's thinking some dark thoughts about the students and like Willow leans over to Buffy and she's like that's Freddie Iverson he's sardonic <laughs> love Freddie um but yeah, it's interesting, like the you know the Othello like parallel with Faith a little bit, um, because Faith's like she's definitely not in this episode, but she kind of haunts it. Yeah, like like many of the episodes in season three. Yeah, um, <laughs> she's on a walkabout or something. Uh, yeah. The next scene's the one where Buffy comes in and blasts Angel with some sunlight here, and then just leaves it open. I just, what a power move by Buffy. Yeah, because <laughs> he he just keeps looking back at it like. Because it's, it's like between them. Like there's this big bright shaft of light right between them. Well, that's that's kind of what I, I, I love about this. It's like this is a, a textbook example of like how to block this scene. Um, but yeah, so she's like shocked, you know, and then upset why she can't read his thoughts. because She's dying to do this. And he's like, it's like the mirror. The thoughts are there, but they create no reflection in you. Um, which I believe, isn't this like the central initial crux of the attraction between Sookie and Bill and True Blood? Uh, that she cannot read him, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like the first time she. I also forget read that, somebody. like, she has like mind reading powers in that show because it seems like they only come up every once in a while. Yeah, um, but yeah, anyway. So, like, just how how you would do emotional content, seeing the physical movements in an actor's conversation. Like, 
At one point, he gets up and he turns across the room to face her, leaning over a table. And then he goes to sit closer, like but like still kind of perpendicular to her body. So he's revealing things. Um, and I love that this show, like I said in my almost said like in our first Bobby episode, it never loses the track that these characters are not only not perfect, but they're teenagers and not perfect. And how they handle talking about their emotions isn't always, you know, easy or simple or mature. Um, Cause he's like realized that this is her aspect of the demon. And he's like, I don't understand why you're doing this. And she's like, you're not exactly Joe. Here's what I'm thinking. And he's like, so why don't you just ask me? And it's, she's like, well, cause that would have been easy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can't remember the, the bit in the classroom. Is that when Freddie says, Breadcrust. That's deep. I should write that down. Yeah, well, he's saying that the the students are all clamoring for breadcrumbs of yeah. ideas from, or praise from the teacher. Um, yeah, so like Buffy, she's like, "Oh, you know, I I would understand if you were into faith." She had the whole bad girl thing going on, and he's like, "I don't want a bad girl. I've had that before. I've had that with dozens of girls like her more." And she's like, "This honesty thing is fun. <laughs> Lots of fun." Uh, then the next scene is when we have the. Explaining to the rest of Scoobies what's going on, and she's hearing all their various thoughts, and each of them basically just have to leave the room because it's too weird for yeah. her to be able to hear what they're saying. Um, she gives a pretty funny look to Wesley here uh, when he's like pretending how you just need to be like of you know stern mind or whatever and not think of the thing. Like it's a pretty funny look uh, by SMG there. Can you read my thoughts in here, or should I go out in the hallway and think them? Uh, yeah, Oz is like, I, ha- I am my thoughts. They exist in her. Buffy contains everything that's me, and she comes to me. I cease to exist. And he says out loud, huh. Yeah. And then uh, after everyone has left, she's walking through the hall, and it's she's hearing people's thoughts more and more. And they're feel like more hostile. I feel like, you know, like the things she's hearing are just darker thoughts now, and it's just yeah. more disturbing. And uh, it's like this never-ending cacophony, yeah. And then Giles doing his research with Wesley. He's just like, oh, look, I found somebody who this happened to. Uh, they went mad. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so in the cafeteria, Buffy's in line getting like mashed potatoes. We see the lunch lady. We see Jonathan. Um, and he, he's like. Good, good uh, like way to like bring Jonathan in a few times in this episode that doesn't feel too forced. Jonathan, though, is like the example of the character done right and that he's been seated throughout the show uh-huh. for yeah. a while yeah, he's been there uh, in the background a whole lot and like he's been you know used as like the point of ridicule by like harmony and the cordettes he'll have like but, yeah, one line every few episodes yeah so like he's like asking buffy if she's done with the mashed potatoes and he's thinking she doesn't even know i'm here so the voices are getting louder and louder and then we all they all fade out and we hear a deadly whisper say this time tomorrow i'll kill you all and then which, uh, she drops her uh, her plate of food, and everyone starts clapping, which is such a high school thing. Which, uh, um, though the the general setup to this, though, I like to call back to Uncanny X Men uh, number one ninety six, in which Professor X is teaching a class. <coughs> Excuse me, and he hears somebody threaten his life in the mm. thoughts of the students. Yeah, right there. I'm joking. You okay. talk. All right, well, I'll take over. Uh, so Buffy's dropped her uh, <coughs> plate or tray of food, and she's kind of freaking out as everyone's laughing, and she's hearing more and more thoughts. She's trying to like run around and see like who who just thought that, who said they were going to kill everyone, but like it's too much, and she eventually just passes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when she wakes up, she's outside on the grass, 
uh, Scoobies have just like carried her out there. I wonder how that went down in the cafeteria. Well, so how disconcerting would it be to wake up with a bunch of people standing over you in a circle? I mean, it happens a lot in TV shows. I don't know how often that happens in real life. Yeah. Uh, so we get this kind of seated joke where Xander's like, I told you for years that the lunch day was going to kill us with that mulligan stew. <laughs> what is a mulligan? Yeah. Uh, Buffy kind of reveals, like, I heard somebody wanted to kill us. And is this where Xander has the line where it's just like, oh, come on, who among us hasn't thought about, you know, like taking an AK to school or I don't know, something like that. Like Something like that. He has a line that's very... At the time, there had been, like, a few school shootings before Columbine. But, like, Columbine was a, a big milestone in the uh, the history of school shootings in America, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will call it out more, too. Yeah. Well, it's it's just pretty creepy that, like, in both this and in the prom, they're kind of making jokes. I don't know. Some jokes, some just, like, kind of commentary on people who would, like, harm fellow students at school. And then, like, Columbine happens, you know, within weeks of them writing those episodes. Yeah. Um, but Buffy gives everyone uh, kind of instructions on what to do. We have to go find out. Like, like she can't really be around anyone. So she tells everyone else, you got to go figure out who's in the cafeteria and, like, interview them and, like, try to figure out, like, who might want to, like, you know, shoot up school. Yeah, yeah. And this is, like, the, the have a little conversation about the thing, you know, like, good he makes a comment about the gun and Cordelia's like, cause that never happens in American high schools. And all it says it's bordering on trendy at this point. It's like, and that was before Columbine. Yeah. Um, well, but I mean, again, <laughs> the only reason we haven't had school shootings in the last few months is because schools have been closed. So, yeah, pretty much. um, so back at, you know, her house and her room, like her mother's like going overdrive, taking care of her, like getting her increasing amounts of pillows and blankets. And then finally Buffy can read her mind. And she's just like, you had sex with Giles? You had sex with Giles? On the hood of a car? Yeah. On the hood of a police car, I believe. Twice? Twice. <laughs> yeah, Buffy and her, like, her little, like, moo cow pajamas here. I think yeah. these make a return later, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. I think so. Um, and then so, like, everyone's, you know, Willow's kind of, like, taking command, and she's, like, leading the, the Scoobies. She's um, doing, like, a real, like, hard interrogation on Jonathan here. She's, like, walking around behind him. Well, she's like she's pulled up. Uh, so basically, she's pulled up like uh, like the serial killer, like identifying questions from the <laughs> yeah. FBI, and they're gonna they've gotten like sample questions and assignments. They're gonna split up, and Cordelia's like, I think I should work with Wesley, and Xander's like, You have no shame, and she's like, Oh please, like shame is something to be proud of. <laughs> yeah, she's like grilling Jonathan about fantasies and stuff. Um, Oz like, goes to see one of the jocks. I think this is Percy. No, this is the. I think this is Hogan. Like the, These guys are interchangeable. Percy's shorter. That's that's what I remember about uh, Percy. He's not. This dude's like super tall. Um, but yeah, I like how this guy is just like whatever answer he gives. He's like, did that sound good? I want to make sure I get this right. Well, the question is, do you ever put on a false sense of yourself? The guy who does everything perfect. And what sort of strain does that put upon you? And he's like, <laughs> uh, moderate strain. Is that a good answer? I want to get this right. Um. So, yeah, Cordelia, like, uh, goes to see that teacher that Buffy overheard earlier, and she's like, hi, Mr. Beach. I was just wondering, were you planning on killing a bunch of people tomorrow? Oh, it's for the yearbook. Oz is, uh, throughout this episode, he's going to be looking for Freddy. Uh, Freddy's not, like how Freddy just has, like, an office with a typewriter somehow. Freddy's not in the journalism room here. Uh, he's hiding under his desk. We do see lots of uh, 
classic headlines: uh, Sunnydale High Sentinel here. Dropout finds happy. Dropouts find happiness. And then the uh, apathy on the rise. Bond- no one cares. That's the one I think we bonded over at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's got a typewriter. He's got a fucking typewriter and a desk. Like it's just like you're just your private well, two doors office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, I don't know, man. Whatever. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess that's like the the thing about the joke about like high school newspaper staffs. So, Though seemingly, this newspaper is daily. Yeah, I know. He would I, have to not even attend classes to get that out. As a former high school newspaper person, I, of course, loved everything about this, even though it's completely unrealistic. Yeah. Well, even like, uh, I want to say like in Riverdale, it's like they had a staff of two. And like, you know, whatever the fuck Jughead's doing. I suspect his, like, a lot of that on true TV crime shows. novel. Yeah, yeah. Fucking that. Yeah. I think a lot of that on TV shows has got to be like. They just don't want to have to deal with a bunch of extras. And so it's yeah. like, yeah, sure, two people do the yearbook. Well, it's like the people were like, whatever. I mean, it's like it's like libraries, though. It's like the shorthand where it's like, I kind of know what it is as a viewer. Mm-hmm. I really don't know like the nitty gritty realistic details of it. And I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So Freddie's like hiding under the desk. Like he's like going to duck Oz every chance he can. Um, at one point, Buffy's at home at night. She's like looking out her window. She can still hear people's thoughts she's, like being bombarded by their voices. Uh, so we go to the school library at night. Giles and Wesley are cooking up something. Let's cook. Um, that might help Buffy, we but it requires yeah, the art of the second mouthless demon, which will be hard, you know, without the Slayer doing it. And then uh, Giles is like, who's going to get that second heart? And Giles calls Wesley a Burke, which uh, I got from the wiki here. Did you see the wiki thing? I did not know. So from the wiki, in Cockney rhyming slang, a word is replaced by a rhyming word, usually part of a two-word phrase. For example, apples is used to refer stairs, as in apples and pears. Burke comes from the rhyming pair Berkeley Hunt. So what Joss called Wesley a Burke, he's actually calling him something a lot more offensive. Oh, Joss Whedon. Does that guy just have, like, a book of, like, ye old curse words that the, the Americans won't understand? Uh, like it's like the standards and like practices. Muley uh, Quim, I can sneak that one by. No one knows what that means. But like the WB's like 1990s standards and practices is like how the fuck are they gonna know what that is? We're, yeah. we're like we don't know what your Anglophile shit is, and he's just like excellent, <laughs> bloody brilliant. I'll just sneak another one in. <laughs> Bollocks, Fanny. Um, Lift. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to get that in the boot. Uh, so Angel is the answer. Uh, he starts fighting that other demon on like a picnic table. I think this is the same table where they found the two dead kids in Ginger. Oh, the, the, yeah, this picnic table gets a lot of work. I have to wonder sometimes, like, I know they like to do their fighting on the show, but Angel, like, I don't know, you couldn't have rolled up with some kind of weapon here. It's just got to be all hand-to-hand. We totally skipped over the almost Toby Kavanaugh-esque humor of Angel earlier in the episode. When uh, he's like talking about the aspect that she's going to get. And he's like, and she's like, oh, like immortality. And he's like, yeah, I'm dying to get rid of that. And she's like, funny. He's like, I'm a funny guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a funny guy. Um, yeah. So Buffy's still in pain in bed in her room in the morning. Joyce like slept in the chair watching over her daughter. Um, More interrogations school- the next day. Yeah. Yeah, Nancy's getting questioned by by Willow of uh, um, and so she's just like, "Do I often think that other students are spying on me or acting suspicious?" And Willow's like, "Right," and Nancy's like, "Not until now." 
Um, Will is also dressed like a cross between Blossom, but with a Gilligan from Gilligan's Island hat. Blossom had hats like that, I'm pretty sure. Blossom had hats that had giant flowers on them. This is more of a Gilligan hat worn in a Blossom fashion, which already points to me being older than anyone else listening to this. Because uh, I'm 100. Um, Xander's questioning Larry. He's, uh, remember back when Larry thought Xander was gay? Yeah, well, that that's still going on basically here. Where I know, I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's like asking Larry if he's got like, any unrepressed anger or resentment, you know, because of his situation. Larry's like, bro, I'm out. I'm so out. I've got my grandma to set me up with guys. But he's just like, hey, man, like, you know, if you're having trouble, you know, it's, it turns into like, oh, I, it seems like you're having trouble coming out, Xander. So how can I help you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Xander has to be like, whoa, 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 you know. Um, yeah. More Oz looking for Freddy, who he can't seem to find. Freddy, who's like dressed like a Bond villain now with like a tactile neck and like a windbreaker. Does he have like a chain on at one point? Uh, I don't think so. It looks like it says a windbreaker. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, like he's going to write his newspaper column on his typewriter in his volcano lair. Um, So eventually Angel has uh, shows up at uh, the Summer's house under a blanket, just really lampshading how he gets around during the daylight. Spiking it. like steaming blanket, yeah. And it's like, here's like a weird, like glowing blue potion that I have. He's juiced it. Yeah. Um, Also, he forces her to drink it. It's a glowing liquid, but it's got like chunks in it yeah i guess that's the heart right <laughs> the heart of the demon just you know when you're drinking but you're also chewing a little bit mm. and then we're looking at the uh the clock tower at sunnydale high that we've never seen before now uh mm. and inside we see jonathan looking ominous and he slowly like opens up this case that has like the pieces of a rifle in it um we will find come to find out he's planning on killing himself i don't know why he needs this insane like tactical sniper rifle that snaps together in order to do this, but maybe with, that's with all he could scope. get. Yeah, with, with the scope. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, they'll do that movie thing where it's going to take like 10 minutes and we're going to keep cutting back to Jonathan assembling this rifle to ratchet up the tension. Mm-hmm. So Angel's like chilling over Buffy's bedside, keeping vigil as she gets her thing. Um, so school newspaper office, this could be in corners Freddie Iverson before he can run away. Um, he assumed that Oz was just pissed about the bad review last Thursday about his band. So Oz like takes the, the thing and reads it. And he's just like, Dingo's ate my baby, play their instruments as if they had plump Polish sausages taped to their fingers. And Freddie's like, sorry, man. And Oz is like, no, no, it's fair. Um, so Buffy shows up. She can no longer hear thoughts. There's just a few minutes left. Um, and they find this like note from Jonathan, like the newspaper letter to the editor's inbox. One one thing real quick uh, in this scene where they like come to like uh, kind of corner Freddy here. Xander, does he like step out of a closet? No, it's like, where is those... he coming from? So um, I think this is the same hallway that they dress up later to be the dorms in, in okay. UC Sunnydale where like there's two doors to some of the rooms. I mean, sure. But I don't know. Just like the way it happens. It's like, did you just go hide in a closet for a while, Xander? I'd like to believe that. Uh, but yeah, they they see the note from Jonathan. It's uh, it's a suicide note essentially. Uh, yeah, he says by this point you'll mm-hmm. all know what I've done. So like, oh shit. Although we we still don't know it's a suicide note. I should say that. No. Um, no. Because then Buffy shows up and she's like, all right, I'm I'm here to kick some ass. And then it's like, oh shit, we have to find Jonathan. Everyone's looking around as uh, Jonathan's putting together that sniper rifle for ten minutes straight. 
Xander is easily distracted by fucking Jello when he's supposed to be looking for Jonathan. Uh, so I gotta say, on a TV budget with like cross cutting between like an actor and a stunt person, the way they get Buffy to like run up the banister of the stairs, jump up and grab the roof, do a flip up on there to get in there, not bad. It's a pretty insane flip where like she's like holding onto the rain gutter and then kind of swings forward and like does like uh like a, a just somehow like swings into a full frontal flip yeah uh, going over the top there and he's <laughs> like i could have done that i'm not really sure what the point of that line is but sure well it's like we're never gonna see this character again. yeah <laughs> so buffy crashes through the uh kind of slatted window of the clock tower here and it seems like oh jonathan's like get back and he's got a gun but then eventually after buffy talks him down thinking he's a, like a school shooter he reveals oh i was actually just gonna commit suicide i'm not gonna hurt anyone and she's yeah. like, oh, shit, you're not the one who's going to kill people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he just wanted, he just wanted the noise to stop. Um, so it's a little dramatic, Jonathan, to go up and do a clock tower with a sniper rifle. It's almost a, like is, you're trying to trick the audience into thinking you're doing something else. Like you're in a TV show. Mm-hmm. You superstar. Yeah, like uh, there's a pretty funny moment, though, where he's just like, you think I did this for attention? And she's like, no, I think you're up here with a sniper rifle in the clock tower to blend in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Xander's like stuck in that cafeteria to get that jello. <laughs> He's about to take a bite. He glances over to the lunch lady. She's pouring her rat poison. It's just so funny. You're so all she like rats. comes. Yeah. yeah, she comes like Furman. Yeah, she comes out with this massive knife. Um, he's like generally somewhat selfless of Xander. He runs out into the small cafeteria and is like smacking food out of people's hands. To try to save Occasionally them. Occasionally, he uh, thinks about people other than himself. That's nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So as Buffy comes in and, and saves him. Um, Buffy comes stops. in and saves him by just fully beating the shit out of the lunch lady in the middle of the cafeteria. Yeah. And I don't know. Everyone's just like cool with that. People are like, what if we organize a whisper campaign to give her like a special trophy? Mm-hmm. An umbrella. An umbrella. I've totally forgot it was a fucking umbrella. You forgot about that? I forgot it was an How? umbrella. <laughs> it's, like a, it's, a, it's a parasol, let's say. But, I remembered uh, that it was Jonathan and that it was like a new, you know, award. <laughs> I forgot that it was a fucking umbrella. <laughs> wow. Okay. It breaks in the season premiere of season four. There you go. Uh, yeah. So this is, again, like we, we covered this on our top moments. You know, Willow talks about how Buffy and Angel have kind of eaten a demon heart and then re- talked about faith a little bit. Giles joins them. Buffy's not going to take Jonathan to the prom. She's not St. Buffy. He's three feet tall. Also, uh, he, saw, he does Head. have a prom date, though. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Stewart Head uh, just ad-libbed walking into the tree because he thought it would be funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's your shot. It's a great episode, man. Fun episode. It's a shame. I mean, probably one of the better ones of the season, and we didn't even get to watch it till after the finale. So, yeah. gra- Graduation Day Part 1. Let me get the exact numbers here. Uh, part May 18th, one is, yeah, May 18th, 1999. Part two airs July 13th. So it's like two months later. They air a graduation was it July? day. Yeah. July 13th, 1999. They air graduation day part two. And then in September, they're like, oh, I guess you wanted to see Earshot. We'll show you that now. I mean, I guess, fortunately, it doesn't like link up to the plot much of, you know, um, the mayor and yeah. the ascension and all that. Because yeah. you could imagine, like, a, like if uh, enemies, for example, 
had mm-hmm. some sort of school shooter plot line. Like, you'd be missing, like, a huge chunk of the plot leading up to the uh, season uh, finale there. They'd have to do some kind of re-editing and, like, moving beat mm-hmm. plots into other episodes. But, yeah, I remember you and I, whatever we were doing, we went and watched Graduation Day Part 2 together. Yeah, it was, like, in the middle of summer. It was pretty weird. Um, but it was then, just so strange because it was like, oh, we watched Part 1 months ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and then in Earshot, September 21st, and like two weeks later, the premiere of season four comes out. Um, so Earshot just kind of like came out in the middle of reruns before yeah. season four. Um, uh, before we move into Graduate Day Part 1 and 2, any, I don't know, any thoughts about the other episodes? I think I watched most of them, but not all. You watched uh, all of them? Yeah, I watched them all. Um, Choices is the next one, I believe. Uh, I think that's a Fury episode, if I'm not mistaken. That's the one where they kind of like do like a little like Scooby mission where they're going to break into the mayor's office and steal some stuff. It's fun. I skipped it. I skipped um, it. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's enjoyable, but not essential. Um, the Prom is a fun episode. Xander has like another like actual good guy moment where he realizes that Cordelia is working at this dress place and not just going there to shop. Uh, and so he buys her prom dress. Uh, kind of not really in secret, but like, you know, without her knowing at first anyway, so that she can go to prom. So, well, he keeps, he keeps secret that her dad's like has been like uh, cheating on his taxes for 12 years. It's a very say anything type of line or type of a plot line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like, so after graduation, Cordelia just fucking disappears and nobody cares. <laughs> I mean, it's some people that's do goes. that. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, that's I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's that's the one with Andrew's older brother. Uh, training hellhounds to attack uh, the yeah. prom. I love the like, why are you doing this? And he's like, I have my reasons. And it just like flashes back to him, like asking some girl to prom. He's like, will you go to prom with me? And she's like, no. <laughs> Those it's are his like, entire reasons. It's so comical because it's not just a flashback. They do like the whole like whoosh. It's like a, it's like a cutaway joke. Yeah, it's <laughs> early version of the the uh, the cutaway that like Thirty Rock and other shows would do. Yeah, like Family Guy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's like trained her or trained the Hellhounds of like prom night and all these various bad eighties action or horror movies. <laughs> On oh, you know, we we give uh, PLL a lot of shit for their Ezra content, but there is Cordelia just full on dancing with Wesley, a, a teacher at prom, and no masks on at all. And like uh, like Giles begrudgingly gives wesley not so much approval but like just do it and shut the fuck up about basically it yeah uh-huh. uh, i mean he does they make a point of having him say she's 18 to kind yeah. of like make it okay or something yeah yeah um i don't know strong solid like like silly episode of buffy it's a, the, it's the a marty knoxon episode it's, it's a good episode yeah um i really love like i completely forgot about after she's like killed the last hellhound and the one guy comes out and sees this and he's like, uh, bathroom. <laughs> She's like <laughs> over there. She's like wrestling this giant animal corpse. <laughs> Do you think he just dropped one? Oh, he totally dropped one, yeah. which that's embarrassing. Yeah. And then she's kind Especially of like, prom. <laughs> where did my prom date go? Oh, he went home to change his pants. Um, yeah. Buffy's kind of like, like so precociously a teenage girl in love at the beginning of that episode because she's like telling angel oh that's where angel breaks up with her yeah yeah because she's just like it'd be nice if you know like i had a drawer 
and we could just like hang out here even more like say after prom would that be cool and he's like what's prom <laughs> well this has got to put the the warning flags up for angel i feel like it's like dude what are you doing like she's staying over and now she's gonna like have some of her things here like we know where this is leading and you know you can't do that, so you really need to put a stop to this. Yeah, Angel's like, whoa, 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 baby, we haven't DTR'd. Um, yeah. Like, uh, is it Enemies where they go to see the erotic French film? Yes. Or they go to see so. uh, yeah. Rochelle <laughs> They go to see, like, uh, like Un Banquet de, de Amelie or something like yeah. that. You know, It's like, well, that wasn't about food in the way I thought it would be. I totally forgot that the guy at the Hellhound, though, back to the prom one, was Andrew's older brother. Mm-hmm. I well, always we won't find out about Andrew for like four seasons or whatever. But yeah. I always remember the joke though about the uh, like the flying monkeys attacking the Romeo and Juliet, and everyone's like, "Run, Juliet!" <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so episode three twenty one, graduation day part one. I have five top moments. That's, that's adorable. I have nine. <laughs> um, number nine: the mayor chomping down on his spiders. Mm, my God, what a feeling I could go on to. I could go on this whole thing. I wrote so much dialogue down for these episodes. But just mm-hmm. the, uh, what's the fun of becoming an immortal demon if you're not regular? Am I right? Um, number eight, Giles has made a breakthrough in his research and figured out what kind of demon the mayor is going to turn into. Like the the book is actually there on the library shelf. And Xander says, boy, it's a good thing no one ever wanted to check out on these books, huh? And this is where they do like the... Uh, like the Playboy fold out of the pages of this book to see how big the demon's going to be. Oh, we're going to need a bigger boat joke. Yeah. 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 Seven. Uh, Wesley shows up with news from the council regarding angels having been poisoned by faith and they're not going to help. And she's just like, you go back to your council and you tell them the next layer shows up. They can, sh- they can like, close up shop. Um, yeah. So anyways, she's like, this is a graduation bitch. Uh, number six, Buffy feels like angel is crowding her. He showed up to prom and then bounced and he's like, are you mad at me for being around too much or for not being around enough? And she's like, duh, yes. That's an interesting scene where, uh-huh. I don't know, it's like we need to introduce a little bit more antagonism between them just to make it feel like this is a good thing that they're breaking up. Can I'm I not- tell you something about this relationship? What's that? This is the first time I really like felt this relationship in this season except for amends. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, all of season three, even when it was first airing, I just was not feeling. So you're like, now they Angel. started fighting. I'm feeling it more. This drama right now felt very real to me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, like at the time or now? Or now, now, now. Now. Okay. I don't know what the fuck I thought at the time. Um, it was weird miasma of memory, especially with like watching part one of a finale and then not seeing part two for two months. But uh, mm. this felt very real to me in that like they clearly have huge affection and like, like, interest in each other but they're also pissed like he's pissed at her just as much as she's pissed at him even though see i I guess i was reading it more of like oh look these two might actually not be compatible long term anyway oh for sure for sure but i I think but i think that this general surface tension is more about the uh the breakup and the 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 judgment Mm -hmm. all right so your number or that was your six right yeah so my number five Mm-hmm. Um, just in general, I adore Anya. the The part where yes. she's trying to convince Xander to come with her, and they're kind of having this argument, and then he leaves, and she goes, "Aren't we going to kiss?" <laughs> um, related, Xander never- like just absolutely has done nothing to deserve the affections of Anya, and like doesn't even 
seem to care. Right. Like, like throughout most of the show, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if he gets a little bit better in like season four and five. I, I don't really nope. think he does. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. This is the thing. He takes this weird superior air with her, which. Because like she's a demon or, you know, she's spent most of prom talking about the guys that she's tortured. It's like, I don't know, Xander, maybe you should have learned how to hold a conversation with a girl instead of just commenting on what they're saying. But see, at the time, though, I think this added to with us not seeing Xander for what he what he was displaying, like he seemed cool because whenever somebody seems cool and removed and like they don't care what this other person thinks and they're they're publicly blatantly dismissive to a person who's being earnest and genuine to them, you know, we respond to strength as opposed to weakness. We find that attractive. Um, but like, really, he came off as like a fucking monster to me. I feel like uh, even at the time, though, I was like, dude, like, what are you doing? Anya's yeah. great. <laughs> well, when he says your stock's dropping real fast, I paused the episode to yell at my TV. I was like, fuck you, sir. Fuck you. Well, he's saying uh, that because she like is like these people are going to die and I don't care, basically. Like, I, I don't it's, care. it's somewhat motivated that he says that. But yeah, no, I don't care. Um Number five is related, though. Uh, this is the thing that I obviously did not pick up on as much going through it myself at the time. But when Xander's late to class and the teacher's, like, dressing him down, like, do you want to go first, Mr. Harris? And he's like, sure. Uh, e? Because <laughs> they're just hangman. playing hangman because it's, like, this, like, weird lame duck vibe. Like, school's well, it's over. senioritis, yeah. It's, yeah. No well, you've taken your anymore. final. Because I hated, like, those classes where it's, like, you would take your final earlier in the last week. Uh-huh. And then you're like, what the fuck are we showing up to class for the rest of the week for? But yeah, I was thrilled to see Anya in this episode. I kind of forgot that she was going to be in it. Yeah, she's in the prom episode as well. That her and Xander go to prom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good fun there. Uh, number four, just Giles and Wesley fencing. Oh, it's like a good fencing scene. Like yeah. this is probably like my ideal life is just like to be surrounded by books, having uh, somewhat uh, intellectual conversations, trying to solve a mystery while fencing. And not having to leave the room, like you're not you're not the away mission guy. Sure, yeah, you're just back with the books. Yeah, yeah. Um, number four is Willow signing people's yearbooks, including Harmony. And Harmony leaves, and Willow's like, "Oh, I'm gonna miss her." Buffy's like, "Don't you hate her?" And Willow's like, "Yes, with a fiery vengeance. She picked on me for ten years. Vacuous tramp." But again, yeah. I got so many like signatures in yearbooks from people that I fucking abhorred. Mm-hmm. Um, they were heinous monsters to me. And at the same time, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Bury the hatchet. Sign this I, shit. I wouldn't say I got any signatures from people I truly hated, but a lot of signatures from like people I knew, but like it didn't really seem like we had much of a connection. You know. Also, senior year yearbook is when you find out a lot of things about people that they've been too afraid to tell you for years. Okay. Also. Maybe you did. I found out some things from people that uh, later developed, uh, you know, whatever's with because hmm. neither of us knew to develop a whatever during high school. But sure. um, obviously, right? Everyone does that. But, like, it's always the people that you expect who are going to do some kind of thing in the crack. You know what I mean? In the the I'm signing your the I'm signing your crack? I don't think I had anyone do that for me. You fucking liar. Maybe I just didn't have the right friends. Somebody was always going to take your yearbook and write, ha, 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 I'm writing in your crack. No, I don't believe I had that. I think they knew that I was the yearbook editor-in-chief and they weren't going to even dare sully my yearbook in such a way. I like that you dropped that casually. That's an interesting flex. I, it's the truth. <laughs> okay. I'm yeah. just saying. 
Did it come I, up I, organically? I just, I just happened to slip out in conversation. That was the editor-in-chief of a nationally award-winning yearbook. You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is your gym. Flex away, sir. <laughs> Where are we at? Number three? Yeah. <laughs> what are you drinking? Are you getting loose? So I, I, I was drinking Dr. Pepper. I just went and got myself a, uh, a little something-something mail by like Anita's Brewery. Take a few sips. Yeah, I'll take a few sips. Um, I'm on a journey here. I, I feel like we had to just just document this uh, moment here, a momentous occasion in Willow's Willow Rosenberg's upbringing here. Uh, Willow mm-hmm. says, "What are you doing?" And Oz says, "Panicking." And then they fuck. <laughs> Willow, I know this is 1999, and this this joke wouldn't be relevant for years, but Willow is about to hit play on that SNL like I just had sex skit. Throughout this episode, <laughs> I mean, you definitely notice in these two episodes, they're kind of just like a lot more like physically intimate. Like yeah. it's a lot of him like running his hand through her hair and kind of like behind her, like squeezing his sh- her shoulder type of stuff. Well, they just unloaded like bomb making stuff, and then they like, look at each other, and it's just like I just had sex. It felt so good. Yeah, um, I mean, three. the world's about to end. Come on. Well, this is a common. Joss Whedon thing, like rather than the St. Crispin's Day speech, let's do the eat before battle like boning. Mm-hmm. Like the world yeah, like might end tomorrow faith, smashing. Faith and wood, right? Yeah. Well, a lot of people. Th- don't well, like Xander and, and Anya have that yeah. at the end of Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, I, I want to say it's kind of implied. Unceremoniously kill Anya off the end of Oh, never mind. Well, I want to say I'm it's kind of that implied again. that if they survive the, the apocalypse, like maybe they'll work it out. And then Instead, it's just like shrug. You just got cut in half. I hmm. subscribe to our Patreon for the after hours talk where we talk about our latest suspects <laughs> in the you know who. Because I mean, she is such a strong contender. I shouldn't care about that. Anyway, number three, Giles and Wesley fencing while Giles reads a newspaper. Yeah, you mentioned it. That's my number three. I mean, is there a better life than that? No, but I like that. Like. We've already had one scene of Giles fencing earlier this season. Just to be dressed in tweed, fencing casually as you're like reading a book at the same time or something. Yeah. It's like, again, it's like they're just calibrating all the dunks on Wesley that they can. (laughs) Like we didn't Uh, need a heat check on Giles, but we got it. (laughs) My number two is when the mayor comes for a chat, Mm -hmm. uh, which results in Giles grabbing his fencing saber and running him through with it. Bold um, move by Giles there. Yeah, it's my number two as well. It's um, the actor you least expect, Harry Groening, just coming in and like flexing their power and in line with what the mayor will do during Ascension. This actor is like, nice scenery you got here. I'm going to chew it all up. I'm going to chew it all right up in front of you. To well, the point of, that's one spunky little girl you've raised. I'm going to eat her. Well, it's it's a moment where you're like, whoa, shit. The, the mayor's yeah. here already? Like, we're okay. Didn't expect this to happen. I know he's like all shucks, goofy, goofy dad jokes incarnate, but like uh, I feel like his turn in this season is on par with like Dennis O'Hare and True Blood. Dennis O'Hare, I mean the uh, King of Louisiana, or King of uh, Oh whatever. right, okay, yeah, I was thinking of um, sorry, Evan Rachel Woods, the Queen of Louisiana. Yeah. Who, what is he, the King of? He's king the of King of Mississippi or Alabama, maybe. Okay. We're coming for your children, and then yeah. we're going to eat them. And his his famous last line, ah, oh, fuck. It's number one. My number one is Buffy versus Faith. I mean, come on. Yeah. Give us a kiss. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, not a shock, I don't think. As a high school teenage boy, the palpable, delicious lesbian subtext was completely lost on me. But uh, specifically, my number one is Buffy stab Faith. Faith refuses to let Buffy win. So she just tips backwards off the edge of that roof onto a truck that's heading away. I'm not sure. I don't think it's here, but I think there's an earlier episode that we did not skip over or that we did skip over where I think like Faith doesn't move where she like kisses Buffy on the forehead and like runs Mm -hmm. away or something like that. Right. Yeah. 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 Which I feel like subliminally that that had to have been on my mind because to me that always seemed like where the uh, Ali Mona feud was eventually going to go. Like that just seemed like the perfect kind of feud for like Mona to just like kiss Ali and then like do something insane. Yeah. Well, because I that's one of my things that I wish that they had and I felt they kind of like explored tame, like <laughs> yeah. tamely addressed it in perfectionists of that is what Mona's thing was, is that she she loved Allie. She also wanted to be Allie. She it was, was like turning, a real psychosexual yeah, situation turning Hannah, happening there. Yeah. And I think I talked about in a in a Bros Watch Pillow at one point. Like there is a thing in one of Joseph Doherty's like Kindle Worlds thing where Mona imagines like 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 pulling on Allie's skin like a suit, like driving fun, around like a robot. Well, no, but how fun it would be to like look into the mirror but see Allie reflected back, and then she's mm-hmm. like kind of you know extra excited about it. Um, but like what I love about this sequence here and now is watching it is that it's a real love triangle in like the the truest sense that it's not like two people are competing over the one. It's like the the three of them are kind of into it. I mean, three. Well, I mean, there's you got kind of angel in there. Buffy versus Faith. What I mean, a little bit like Faith. He's not there. Faith, Buffy. I mean, no, I'm just not not in the scene. I just okay. mean in general of the storyline. I like guess, Faith but is, I, I I I personally read it as not that she is competing with Buffy for Angel, but she's competing with Buffy Angel, Angel for Buffy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, she's gonna fuck Buffy through Angel in some fashion. You know what I mean? Like it's. I don't know. It's uh, it's very cool. It's very dynamic. It's very complex. It's very sexy. The fight yeah. itself, I mean, fight's okay. Maybe, maybe I think it's a pretty good fight. I feel like maybe you could say the becoming fight is the best fight on the show. I would put this one at number two, maybe. At least I'm not thinking right now of any other fights that I was like truly impressed by in the same way. I'm sitting on a joke that's probably not that funny that I have later in my notes. Okay, because um, I'll probably. But I mean, like they did. They pretty sure after this they changed stunt coordinators too. And we'll see. I, I don't recall another fight quite this impressive and this ambitious. I mean, fighting with handcuffs on, pretty cool stunt work. Uh, what? Let's, let's talk about when we get to it. Okay. Um, yeah, so in general, uh, Faith is evil. The mayor's ascending. Angel's leaving at the end of the season. He's got a spinoff to try out, you guys. Um and Xander and Cordelia are chatting while picking up their graduation gowns. And Xander has this like sense of foreboding, like he's been lucky too many times. In a way, he has. Those are some <laughs> really hideous graduation gowns, too. Are they? I I don't know. The maroon to me all just seems like really ugly. I don't like that color in general. I feel like you, you should just all just do the black gowns. Like like we had like powder blue at, at our school. Um, I don't know what was your your senior year. What do they wear there? I had to skip graduation. Mm, okay. I uh, didn't go to prom, but I did some things at prom, and then I, I skipped out because I had to catch a bus the next day. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, so Willow is like signing people's yearbooks, including harmonies that Cena's talking about. Um, Willow's missing everything, including PE. I mean, this is kind of true. I mean, I think if it doesn't hit you here, <laughs> no, not you. Um, but I mean, but I mean, in general, this kind of like if you didn't miss high school here at the end, you had that thing where like six months into the next year, you started to miss high school. It makes me think of that scene in PLL where Arya looks at her yearbook and it's like, I, I think she has a photo, but there's like nothing underneath it. No, there's nothing it's like, it. oh, you you were kind of like a ghost in your own high school because of your relationship with that shitty dude. I think that, that scene was a lot sadder. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Willow was much happier about everything. I think Willow Rosenberg touched a lot more of her classmates lives than Arya <laughs> Montgomery did. I'm going on a limb there, but mm-hmm. a wild hot take. Um, so Xander shows up to tell us the commencement speaker for the graduation ceremony will be not Siegfried, not Roy, or one of the Tigers. It'll be the mayor. That is called narrative cohesion. Um, nice and tight, yeah. We get the scene where Faith shows up at this like weird uh, like professor's house. And yeah. I think this is like the first like human she just straight up murders. Like, I think well, until now, you could the say... The second human she's murdered, but intentionally but I, murdered. But, I mean, like, the the mayor, the deputy mayor, you could say that was an accident. Yeah, I would say intentionally murdered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This um, is, like, her. she's very much planning to kill a human being here, and does. Um, she got a new knife now, by the way, because the, the, like, really fucking cheesy, like, Klingon knife or whatever that the mayor gave her a couple episodes ago, uh, Buffy got back in the previous episode. Or the one, the one before it. Yeah. I don't get knife people. Knife people? Yeah. What do you mean? People who are just like really obsessed about their knives. Okay. You know who I'm talking about. We have a friend. I mean, we have a friend. But I mean, like, the, that. He's like, never given you the knife tour? No, fortunately not. That Klingon looking knife was pretty dumb. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like a regular, like, knife that. Like a Katie? Is, it, it's at least a normal knife. It's not, it doesn't have, like, dumb, like, kind of sci fi elements to it. Mm. At least it's, like, designed for function. Uh, this seems fascinating in the sense that it's Faith. She's in his place. She's in his space. And she's like, we alone here, Lester? And he's like, well, yeah, you know, lifelong bachelor. I, uh, I like my space. And it's like, he's like, what is he thinking for half a second here? Like, like he's got a shot with this woman. And then he realizes she's going to kill him. And he's like, I'll scream. And she's like, who wouldn't? And she kills him against the wall. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's. I noticed that Joss Whedon is very good, like suspiciously too good at writing that turn <laughs> yeah. where the guy becomes like super evil and villainous. I mean, like even Wesley has that moment with uh, Fred and like Angel. He's very um, good at that particular type of guy. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like the, the, the surprise, the innocence and surprise uh-huh. turn. And like here it's wild because it's the first time I feel like we really see a female character doing it. Yeah, not, not, yeah. Not, she's not turning, but she's just enjoying. She's savoring how In her evil, evilness, yeah. the fruits of the devil. Yeah. Um. So after the credits, the next she's day. She's also in leather pants again, red leather pants. Oh, leather. Leather is like you're doing dirt, feeling your sexy evilness, like vibe of Buffy. Yeah, um, we do see as she's murdering this guy that pans over to a, looks like a Japanese like charcoal painting of a volcano. So that will be important later. Yeah, yeah. Also, the release of Sweet Sweet Death. Sure. Um, 
The next time we get Faye's fancy apartment, can we talk about this apartment? Uh, we can if you speak up a little louder. I'm sorry. Can we talk about this apartment? Um, mm-hmm. the the weird catwalk thing behind the bed. It's in, uh, yeah. It's a weird layout. It, I have to. I'm trying to think of like where where Sunnydale would be. Uh-huh. Like this has got to be pretty pricey, right? It looks like it's downtown. Yeah, it's kind of like a loft situation. I think she's got a view of the roof. Yeah, <laughs> Just multiple uh, weird like kind of half moon windows. Um, the mayor is like cleaning up everything, like putting all their comic books away and picking up blankets and whatnot. Is it comic books or is it just magazines? I feel like they're comic books. Way to go, Faith, you nerd. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Faith, you secret fucking nerd. Um, he's like, she's like embarrassed to come out because he's gotten her like a nice dress. She's not sure how she feels about it. If it's her. And there's this kind of like, I don't know, like I know there's, I didn't catch it in the episodes I watch, but I want to say there's a point in their relationship where she thinks that he's kind of like a daddy and he's like, no, I'm actually want to be your father. Like there's a moment where she realizes that he just has like fatherly affection for her. Yeah, I gotta say telling, everything about this creeps me the fuck out. Well, it should, but like he's he's actually he believes in her, even if he's a terrible person. He believes in her for all the wrong reasons because he's telling her like the ascension's not just his day; it's it's hers too. He's proud of her. She has so much like potential, which is going to be that much more damning to her because she's finally getting praise from all of the wrong places uh-huh. here. Um, yeah so yeah he's just kind of you know building her up when she's like in this like weird pink dress that she's he's had her wear buying buying her a dress to make her wear for his yeah that's what that's what fucking creeps me out yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so anyway cut to sunnydale high willow's riding a bike um this is funny like the outfit she's wearing here is pretty similar to the one she wears in selfless like five years later uh, she's got like the white tights on and everything. It's very also, much like like dorky wallflower willow. 90s guitar riffing. Yeah. And then Percy comes up. Uh, they have this like whole comment where he's like thanking her for tutoring him and all that. And then at the end, he's just like, fuck that. I hope I forget this as soon as possible or something. Um, willow will like kind of subtly drop the um, the theme of the episode where she's just like, Oh, I'm so bummed school's ending. It's all going to be for nothing. All this potential will just be devoured. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when Xander goes to class late. It's Chastise Space Teacher. <laughs> oh, Willow also, her backpack is like just a big smiley face. So you got Percy thoughts? Is this Percy or is this Hogan? This is Percy. The, okay. Who comes out to him here. What are your Percy thoughts? I'll just, you'll, we'll get there when we get there. They're not like Ooh. major thoughts or anything, but just some thoughts. But is yeah, he on your rankings? Yes, he's on my rankings. Wow. Uh Xander shows up to class here. He's having this little convo with Anya as uh, she's like, is basically like not saying it, but saying it in so many words, like we should go out on a date sometime. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, yeah, sorry, this whole Ascension thing. It's not really on my mind. And she's, and she gets a look like, Oh, she recognizes what an Ascension is. He it's just like dogging on her constantly. And at one point she's finally like, Hey, I'm trying at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Which kind of, I, Anya's whole bit is that she's a newly human and sincere, but um, maybe too honest. She's kind of like bluntly honest. Uh, yeah, I mean, about honest, how she communicates. Anya will go through a little bit of a reset from her first episode to these. Yeah, ones. yeah. But uh, 
Yeah. Um, the school library, Buffy's explaining from the newspaper headline that clearly Faith had, had done this murder um, while Giles and Wesley are fencing. Giles is like uh, reading while holding Wesley off. Um, and Wesley has not a bad line here. Everybody does seem to be going mad these days. And Faith certainly has a head start. Yeah. Wesley's also <laughs> in suspenders like that. Yeah, so he's I mean he's he's dressed, I don't know, even more stuffy than old school Giles. Well, he's really doing the full on like fencing poses too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the footwork and everything. Uh Xander one brings Anya in. Xander brings Anya in as like the one person who's been to an ascension some eight hundred years previously. Um, she points out that she was there to do some vengeance and she saw this like sorcerer turn into a demon. He like decimated the village within a few hours. Um and she's like, uh, none of you have seen a real demon, and they're all like, uh excuse me say what now and she's like well these demons who walk the earth are like the vampires they're tainted but real demons are much much bigger well they're they're like tainted by humanity or something like that i think something says. Something, something similar yeah so they're all like kind of like these hybrids the real demon like the pure shit is just bigger i guess mm-hmm. uh so the principal's like walking the mayor through the setup for graduation explaining where everybody will be and the mayor knows the principal planner is just like horny for order and authority Tells him he's like done a good job because Sunnydale, of course, is a different sort of town. But what's important is that it's kept under control, and you're going to get your reward, buddy. Um, and the library, Will and Oz joining this Buffy and the rest are questioning Anya about the Ascension shit, and then oh shit, the mayor just struts in. Yeah, like right in the middle of the scene. It's great. I love it. He's like, oh, I heard from Faith. This is where you plot all your little schemes. Buffy hides the newspaper. Uh, and the mayor just he just like walks up right in the middle of their table and he's like i love literacy what are you guys reading oh several races of man will be as one in their terror and destruction oh that's kind of sweet different races coming together and then giles grabs a sword and runs him through yeah and he just um, pulls it right back out wipes it off yeah he just doesn't like germs mm-hmm. oh and he chastises giles for setting a bad example in front of the children yeah and then he just uh, walks out just grinning like a madman how Hope you enjoy it. Own them all. Yeah. Graduation should be a heck of a speech. I love that he even says heck of a instead of hell, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. The pun was there and he chose not to go for it because he's so fucking corny. Well, later, as he'll tell his vampire lackeys, watch that language. Yeah. Try not uh, to so, after, so much. Yeah. After the commercial, uh, Xander falls on in the hallway. She like, wants to run off. He wants her to stay so she could be of some help. And like, she walks off as like Cordelia comes up because like his. His two girlfriends can't mm-hmm. stay in the same scene together. Um, and then just this little exchange of Cordelia saying, what's her saga? And, and Xander's like, she's freaking. And Cordelia's like, about what? Well, the mayor's going to kill us during the graduation. Oh, are you going to go to fifth period? I'm thinking I might skip it. Yeah, me too. But I think like until this, like she didn't really, Cordelia didn't know about any of the Ascension stuff, I guess. She had to have caught some of it. I mean, she's definitely around. Who knows how much like, she pays attention, I guess. Yeah. She's definitely around during the earshot conversation. Uh-huh. It's kind of funny. Again, like watching these three episodes to discuss and then going back and I watched like three more in between them. Like just seeing Cordelia like when she's in the group and then when she's like not in the group again. Mm-hmm. Um, so meanwhile, Buffy is packing up shit for her mom. She wants her mom to get out of town. You're and, running away again, and you're packing my clothes? Yeah. And I like the little speech she gives her. She's like, Mom, I know you wanted me to be a lot of things, but there's one thing I'm better than anyone else in the world at, but I can't do it if I'm worried about you. Uh, if if I'm thinking about you, I'm going to die. So get out of town. 
Yeah, yeah. Got to Willow's bedroom where Oz is like doing computer stuff. Willow's like laying on the bed, going through books. She's frustrated. She can't find a spell that'll protect them. Amy the she rat also, is there. She can't turn Amy back to, into human from being a rat. So she's like frustrated for magic abilities. Um, she's also frustrated that Oz is like super stoic and like ironic attachment or detachment guy. So he calms her down and they start making out and they fall back into the bed and they they get it on. They do yeah. it. Might as well smash. Um, that night, Buffy goes to like Lester, the dead professor's apartment. Uh, unintentionally comic moment as Angel joins her and just like slips on the wet floor and crashes wonder, into the doorway. Do you think that was scripted. I have it's, to it's so odd that he just kind of slips and like bumps into the doorway as he's walking in. And he's like, "Oh, they're mopping out there." Yeah, like I don't know if it was like let's do a quick check to make sure that Angel can be funny before the spinoff, but yeah, also. Yes, yeah. So it's like he, he, there's like a filing box that he picks up and he's being very much like all walking home and she's like kind of don't need you to. And he's like, no, I'll do it anyway. And it's like they're just kind of stepping on each other's toes constantly. Yeah. Um, you just you, There's a lot of tension there. It's kind of like, why aren't you gone? Why are you still crowding me? And he's like, well, great lines like Angel says, are you just making this harder to make it easier on yourself? And then she says, this is my last office romance for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the middle of all this funk. A uh, big arrow comes sticking through Angel. He's been shot in the back by Faith. Uh, missed the heart intentionally. I guess Faith finally figured out how to work that bow and arrow. Yeah, yeah. That's a cool shot. She's like way up high, like behind this like neon sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just the commercial at school library. Buffy's there with Angel and Giles. They pull the arrow out. There's a oh, bit Buffy, where she's just... Buffy does a, a cool move where she's like on three, one, and yanks it out. Yeah. And he's like, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> Which I kept thinking, like, is this, like, breakup banter or is it like, their normal banter? Um, so Wesley's reading some stuff they brought from the professors, who was, like, a volcanologist. Uh, he did an archaeological dig in Hawaii, found some remains that they thought was an unknown dinosaur, which, you know, that means probably the same type of demon the mayor's going to turn into. Then Angel collapses here because it turns out he's not okay because that arrow was poisoned. Uh-oh. So Wesley's going to have to go figure out, like, talk to the council to figure out what poison it is. And Angel's already getting real sweaty and sick, mm-hmm. and Buffy is worried. And then cut back to Anya the Rat, who's got like some various clothing on top of the cage. Anya but, the Rat? Uh, I'm sorry, not Anya, Amy the Rat, uh, who has just witnessed uh, just some passionate lovemaking by Xander, uh, not Xander, Oz wow. and Willow. I uh, wonder what Amy the Rat is thinking about that later when she like finally gets out of her rat form in like season six. Do you think she like. Really... Amy the Rat's probably seen a lot of shit. Yeah, she's seen some buttholes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they're in bed. You know, they're like talking sweet. Everything feels different. Um, and I want Willow to be like, I was on top. Who the fuck is on top their first time? <laughs> Willow gets a call a, and she a runs off. reference, yes. Um, we we'll live in Sacramento. Um, also, we've got to mention that the whole purpose of the volcanologist thing is that the mayor is impervious up until the ascension, and then he's very pervious. Um, so the mayor's office, Faith like returns to bring the good news of the mayor. Um, he's like, great. I need to eat the inhabitants of this box. So she's like, yeah, antsy, all eat something weird, to do. Creepy, uh, spider things inside of she's antsy. And she's also concerned that like after the mayor becomes this big demon, like, is there still a room, a place for her in mm-hmm. his organization? Which honestly, Faith, like, what do you think? But he, he says that there still will be. It's I don't adorable. Even know why she believes him. 
there's an adorable moment where he's just like, well, if everything goes according to plan, you won't need to do anything. But then how often does everything go according to plan? It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she's like feeling this like fatherly love. He calls her a little firecracker. She is dying. She like, she starts one and then starts another story about childhood. Like, yeah, she's yeah. just like dying to emote and like connect. Talk about mm-hmm. her like, crappy family life. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the high school lab, Oz is like doing something under a microscope. I will give Xander a shopping list from Magnus what Shop. What is Oz doing at that microscope? Seriously. It's like analyzing Angel's blood or something, like looking for the poison. Xander's like, I'm a little short on cash of his shopping list. And Will's like, just tell him it's for me. There's a pretty funny moment. Is it, is it the, the prom one where Xander went and bought something or bribed someone? And then he, like, he turns to Giles and he's like, does the watcher's accounts re- reimburse for that? And Giles is like, well, did you get a receipt? Yeah, he, he went to beat info out of William Snitch, by which he means he bribes William Snitch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure. I guess we're trying to establish a little bit of something with Xander and money here. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know, it didn't, didn't seem like a line that needed to be there, the whole, like, tell him it's for me thing. Well, it's like, did the, the prom dress for Cordelia just, like, end his finances? Kind of tapped him out. Yeah, I mean, she's got expensive taste, so it might have. Um, um, anyway, so, he goes out into the uh, dark hallway here at the school, and Anya's out there, and she's like, hey, car's packed. It's it's road trip time to get the fuck out of Dodge. I want you to come with me. Mm-hmm. And Xander amazingly does not go with her uh, because he's got to stay and, you know, protect his Buffy. Yeah, it doesn't do his, like, early Jack Kerouac on the road. Oh, we forgot to mention that. He's reading on the road in one of the other episodes, which is just, you know, of all the books you could read, Xander, don't read that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's not all like Case doing hand jobs. Um, also, he's getting this shit so that Willow can do a trace analysis to see if it's a mystical poison or not because Willow is running a high school supernatural forensic lab. Um, this is yeah. where the uh, aren't you going to kiss me thing goes because he's like, sorry, I'm staying. And she's no, like, oh, so these- you're wrong. It's, it's uh, um, when he's talking about having friends on the line, and it's Anya says specifically, you'll probably just get in the way. That's when Xander says, your stock's okay. plummeting in here, sweetheart. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, and I think this is where she kind of complains about these like human feelings that she has now that she's a 12th grader. And he's just basically like, sorry, I got to stay. And she's like, aren't you going to kiss me? As he walks off. Yeah. At Angel's place, he's in bed. It like reads like he's got like a wicked fever, um, which is funny to me just because it's a TV show. We don't have time for all this, but like, Buffy, like, wipes him down, like, once or twice of a cold washcloth, and that's it. Sure. Uh, uh, once he shows up, Giles is there already. Watchers cancel can't help or won't help. It's not council policy to cure vampires. He's Wesley like, could have played this a lot better. He could have come in and been like, sorry. I, I just I argued as much as I possibly could. They're not bending. Instead, he's just like, yeah, Watchers Council said this, so tough luck. Now I'm going to order you around. Yeah. Well, Wesley's... He's already fucked up the faith situation in general. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's like, we're talking about laws that last longer than civilization. And she's like, I'm talking about watching my lover die. I don't know what you're talking about, and I don't care. Lover. Uh, just a note. A few years later, Wesley will watch his lover die right in his arms. So in his fucking face, right? I guess so. Does he? Yeah. He's still kind of alive. I can't remember. No, he dies in the end of Angel, right? I believe so, yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. It's uh, It's... Gun, Illyria, she, she transforms back Spike. into Illyria. Illyria transforms back into Fred as as he dies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For him, like the season six plan was like to bring Fred back, but also still have Illyria, like have double duty Amy Acker. I mean, I think 
where they arrived with her at the end of season five was like a fun little back and forth thing. Yeah. But. Well, it's like I liked Illyria. I also missed Fred. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever. Um, yeah. So she's. Knox. You're in Knox? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. Knox is also the guy from. Uh, he's like uh, on all Giles' shows. Yeah. Well, because he's the or new. He Giles was like. Shows, Joss's shows. He's like the new Carlos Jacot. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So she quits, you know, and he's like, this is mutiny. And she's like, I like to think of it as dramatic pause, graduation. Day part one. Yeah. yeah. And then she walks off. Meanwhile, back to high school supernatural forensic lab, the HS supernatural CSI. Willow actually says, finding out which poison it was actually wasn't that hard. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, they. I think this is where they figure out that they need a Slayer's blood, right? Yeah, yeah it's called Killer of the Dead. The classic Buffy line. She has something about the. He's not. It doesn't make it harder. It makes it easier, or something like that. Because um, she's got to go find herself a Slayer to drain. Well, she, Willow's like Buffy. If Angel drains Faith's blood, it'll kill her. Buffy's like, not if she's already dead. Which mm-hmm. I want to say is it interview of a vampire where like it's a big faux pas, like 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 deadly faux pas. If like you drink from a dead body. Isn't Maybe, that how they? I don't know. Isn't that, that how they get Lestat? Isn't that how he gets got? Is they trick him into drinking from a dead body? I had. I do not recall at all. Um, so that, can they not drink like blood that they've like saved? Like, do they have to feed on live blood? Then they can't like I, bottle it up and save it. I, I don't know. I mean, there's a funny bit in one of the episodes we didn't talk about where Buffy's like at the butcher shop or whatever, and oh, she right, sees right, Angel yeah. buying blood. It's right she's like, like broken up. It's a real douche chill moment, and she's like. I don't know where I thought you got your blood from, but I guess it's here. <laughs> so after the commercial school library, Will and Oz are doing computer searches. Um, the whole lot of like, we got to figure out where Faith is living. We'll cross-reference this public funds to something, something. Finance, like leasing trust. agreements. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she's just like, well, first of all, taxpayer dollars are going to housing arrangements for each sexy young killers. I mean, more on this scandal when you're coming up on your five o'clock news. But she teases him for like backseat web surfing. So he apologizes, like rubs her neck, and Willow looks oh, like yeah. she's about to come. Yeah, well, there's like it's very intimate. Yeah, I guess this is to show that like their their relationship has moved to the next level. Yeah, but her expression on her face, like, not that I want to compare anyone to an animal, but like if she was a dog, her leg would be like tapping vigorously the way he's like just rubbing her neck. Buffy um, goes to get the worst dagger uh, from the uh, weapons closet here. Mm-hmm. I mean, this thing's just so incredibly dorky. Like, I don't. I guess it's Faith is like secretly a huge nerd, so I guess that explains why she likes it so much. But this yeah. knife is so cheesy. Yeah. So we got a montage like Faith's doing some like kickboxing. Angel's like sweaty in bed. Faith is like kicking the shit out of that punching bag. Buffy's like washing her face in the bathroom sink for like at least three different takes. Will at one point's like, I got it. So Faith's then like listening, laying on her bed, listening to some like Riot Girl. And Buffy reading just, comic book. And Buffy is there just like in her red leather pants. Um, yeah, now this, Buffy wears the red leather pants. This apartment is really big, like big enough for fighting. It's It's got a lot of room to fight. And there's a lot of like couches in places that you could land on mm-hmm. that would be kind of comfortable if you got thrown into one, you know. Well, like and not just like a big screen TV, but like the kind of big screen TV you could throw a person into. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they get some there's some there's some cheese there where she's like, I found a cure, your blood. Well, there's yeah, because like face like, oh, did you like when I did your boy or whatever? I'm guessing that she didn't know that that was like the antidote to the poison. Like the way yeah. she reacts is kind of like, oh, fuck. Yeah. 
Um, so Faith's like, you know, you're not going to take me alive. And Buffy's like, not a problem. And then Faith's just like, well, look at you, all dressed up in big sister's clothes. Wink at the camera. You know it's uh-huh. coming. And then she's Miles like, okay, then give us a kiss. And they start fighting. And they fight inside. They're throwing each other around the room. And then they crash through the window out onto, like, this balcony area. I don't know. Would this be, like, a face normal balcony? Or is this, like, the level below her, maybe? I don't know. I don't know if Faith, Faith would just, like, go out here normally. But they're fighting out here. This is where Buffy puts handcuffs on Faith. So now they're handcuffed together. Mm-hmm. Which, to me, tells... It tells me that she doesn't really want Faith to die. She'd rather, like, incapacitate Faith and then take her back. Well, either way, though, like, I think she also suspects that there's a good chance that Faith will just try to run. Yeah, this way. True, true. It's like It's like we're bound together to the end of the line. I don't know uh, how much, like, blood Giles would need because, like, normally you see a vampire feed and it's like they maybe, like, suck for a second and then just, like, drop the body on oh, the he show. will. But now he's, he's going to town. He's having the whole milkshake. This is like I feel like they were saving up the like sucking blood is a straight up sex metaphor for this scene. I mean, it was it. it was always kind of uh, waiting to happen, right? Between Buffy and Angel, I, that's sooner well, or later your your vampire romance has got to feature some sucking. Well, but also like well, I like that we're talking about a scene we're not even at yet. But like, yeah. watch that scene the way she like. Orgasm smashes things Uh because it's like they are going to take that to a hundred with smashed. Uh Um, We're like Buffy and Spike bring down a house, but yeah. So Will and Oz like switched over to watch Angel and His Fever, which we're going to get a great joke about that in the next episode. Giles is back in the library doing research while Xander's present. He's made a a breakthrough. This is the uh, whole like boy. It's a good thing nobody ever checked out these books. The fold out, uh, you know, picture of the demon. Yeah. The you know, mayor's the, eating his spiders. I love the and, vampire who's just like watching horrified. Yeah. And the other vampire comes in and is like, oh, there's a problem at Faith's place. Meanwhile, Buffy and Faith are fighting some more, throwing each other around. There's a bunch of, I think this is like, I don't know, like there's, it's like there's construction stuff out here, you know, like, like maybe roof. they're still building. Is it a roof? It's, it's, it's like, like but it's like a balcony at the same time. I don't know. It's weird. It's like her window overlooks the part of the roof. It's yeah. whatever. I don't think so, this is, I mean, I don't know. Like, if you have, like, a building in L.A. or an apartment in L.A., I'm sure you could go up to your roof like this. And it's not really meant for you to hang out on, but that doesn't mean you won't have sexy hijinks. Yeah, eventually Faith breaks the handcuff and then, like, picks up a big metal pole. So Buffy gets the knife out and, oh, it's real go time now. So they fight and fight and fight. They're up oh, that's right on the, the parapet. Faith's like, that's mine. And Buffy's like, you're about to get it back. Oh, yeah. They're up on the parapet and it's, like, kind of, like, might Buffy might get thrown off by Faith, but then she kind of somehow just kind of like smacks her hand out of the way and stabs her in the gut. She got through the defenses there and Faith gets skewered. And then I think she pushes Buffy away here, right? Yeah. Yeah, she knocks her away pretty hard. And then she like waits as like a dump truck is or a truck is riding by down below and like times it so that she falls uh into the truck so Buffy can't even have her to save Angel with. Yeah. Buffy's like, oh, shit. And she yells, you were the chosen one, Faith. It was said you would destroy the mayor, not join him. Bring balance to our love triangle, not leave it into darkness, not turn it into a spinoff. You were my sister slash low-key kind of sort of love interest, Faith, and I loved you. Anyway. Faith's like, I hate you. Yeah, Buffy just leaves that bloody knife there with her fingerprints all over it. Mm. But somehow it would 
it's still there later when they need it in the next episode. But yeah, that's a big to be continued there. She sees Faith getting driven away by that truck. I mean, that's like a fall of like four stories. Seems like about that's a in significant next, fall. In the next episode, the doctor would just wave it away, and be like, "Well, the bones are all reset." <laughs> well, no, they they say something. It's like. The stab wound will heal, but like she has massive head trauma or something yeah, yeah. like that from the fall. Yeah, the bone wounds are the bones have all reset already. The um, kidney will be is repairable, but the head wound is like pretty severe. She may never wake up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is a big to be continued. But like, there's a there's a nice thing where like in this fight, Buffy had said like, like fuck you, Faith. Like you always wanted me to be like you, or wanted me to unlock and unleash. And it's like. You're about to get your wish. This is what it looks like. Um, there, there's also a good moment, and I think it's choices when Willow is taken captive and she has this conversation with Faith, and it, Faith is like, "Oh, is this the part where you like try to like you know convince me to like come back to the good or something like that?" And Willow's just like, "Nope, sorry, <laughs> like you made your bed." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, the the other bit that I love is I think it's um, is it consequences where like Xander is like. Uh, like I don't know, like redemption bragging about how he like he had sex with Faith. He is definitely not. No, he uh, he suggests that he can go talk to Faith. Yeah, but he's he's like, you all know why. Hint, hint. No, hint. he's definitely not doing that. I trust me. I just watched that episode. Like he's anyway. he's like trying not to. He's just being like, I mean, I you know, I mean her. Like we kind of you know, we have a connection, anyway, and it takes a while for other people to get it. Your remembrance reminded me of, of that because Buffy's like, oh, and then Giles is like, oh, and then Willow's like, I don't need to say, oh, I got it a few minutes ago. Yeah. I love that. Like, it's so and then, understated. And then she goes into the bathroom and cries. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. No, it totally does. I mean, I'm, that's a so relatable, like heartbreaking moment for Willow. It's, it's not like she's even dating him or anything, but just like hearing that is crushing to her. Yeah. Yeah. And then, finally, Graduation Day, part two. Uh, I don't think we mentioned these are both Joss written and directed episodes. Mm-hmm. Two months as, later. As t- to be expected somewhat, at least earlier in the show. I know later in the show, they'll start having other people do the finales. Like, I think yeah. season six is like a Fury episode. But it's just, man, not a great finale. Uh, I kind of like, well, so I like season six because I like how messy it is it's not as good as other seasons for sure i like uh, a lot of parts of season six i think it's really just the the last kind of movement there with evil willow and like the willow as a magic as drug thing in general doesn't really I mean, work for me it the the whole episode where she's in the magic box of giles i really enjoy and i enjoy i didn't think i would because i didn't like xander at that point but the the whole Alexander, like, you know, it's the end of the world. Where else am I going to be but with my best friend thing? And I actually kind of really like that that Buffy is stuck underground with Faith, like having to fight her way out of a grave. It's like you've been wanting to go back to being dead for a whole season. Like now you have to like fight for your being Faith alive. I'm sorry, not Faith, Buffy. Um, <laughs> with, with, like... with Dawn, with Dawn, sorry. Okay, right, right. Okay. Yeah. And it's like it, you, you've been whining about how we brought you back to life for a whole season. Well, if you want to stay alive, you got to fight for it. Um, yeah, I kind of enjoy, it. and I like that. Like Buffy doesn't save the day in that one season. It's fine. It's just I don't know. It's a real. I, it's I, a, I wasn't it's a messy. fan of Dark Willow in general. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, by Joss Whedon. I have six moments. You have five. five so as usual. Yep. My number six is um, 
<laughs> when Willow goes to talk to Oz and uh, he's like, because she's been watching over Angel, who's like, you know, drugged and hallucinating and all this stuff from his like poisoning. And she's like, he was delirious. He thought I was Buffy. And he's like, you too, huh? Because <laughs> we've just watched the scene where yeah. like, he's just like, I realize how much I missed you and I need you. And Willow's like, really? And then she realizes like, oh, you think I'm Buffy? <laughs> It's like so unintentionally hilarious or I intentionally hilarious, but like subverting. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. In this like very serious moment. Uh, what's your five? It's, it's it's interesting the way that will become like kind of like the formula of all modern action movie comedy. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. the undercut the serious moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so my number five is Cordy's plan about a box that says Ebola's Ebola virus on it. It's just <laughs> that like her, it just keeps getting better and better as it builds there. I, I thought Cordy was fucking great in these last few episodes. Maybe we should just go back to fighting a pumice. <laughs> yeah. She's uh, gonna get a box that says Ebola virus and like throw that at the mayor because he's afraid of germs. My number five is a character who surprised me at how much I enjoyed him in his last episode, but principal Snyder in his introduction to the mayor's commencement speech, congratulations to the class of 99. You all proved more or less adequate. That <laughs> and is then, exactly my number four. Yeah. And then spit out that gum. And then also I saw that gesture. See me after graduation. <laughs> you all proved more or less adequate. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, my number four. Yeah. Uh, my good good set off for Snyder. Cause he's about to get got. Yeah. My number four is the dream. Little Miss Muffet countdown from seven three. This is oh. just creepy now because that's my number three. Yeah, but there's all the boxes or the baggage, um, and Faith's like not taking it, so it's Buffy's now. And she's like, just take what you need. I there's confu- miles to go. I confused this one with the who are you? The one of the inner restless. Oh yeah, yeah, the inner restless where it's just no, no, the um, is it is it Faith there's one or is restless, it restless? Isn't there? There's one. In, there is one in restless, but there's one in this year's girl slash who are you. Where they're right, making right. the bed together making and then the bed, restless, yeah. Tara's like talking about it and Buffy's like, we just made that, or Faith and I just made that bed together. That's right, right. Okay, yeah. Uh, number three, um, Giles comes and joins Buffy at the aftermath and she's like, I haven't processed everything yet. My brain isn't really functioning on the higher levels. It's pretty much fire bad, tree pretty. Tree pretty. <laughs> uh, um, by the way, on, on my number three, the miles ago, Little Miss Buffett counting down from 730. Buffy then wakes up after this weird quasi dream, maybe like psychic connection and goes over and finds faith and like all bruised and battered and kisses her on the forehead. I thought that was a nice moment. Yeah. 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 Kind of the, the, I I feel like they've, they've shown that faith is clearly villainous, but there is still that regret there from Buffy. Even if she has seemingly turned evil, I think there's still the idea that perhaps Perhaps there's some good and also that Buffy really regrets what happened between them. Can I tell you something that I learned in the movie? Sure. No one's ever really gone. That's true. Uh, Number two, uh, the mayor is doing his graduation speech. And then Buffy says, oh, my God, he's (laughs) going to do the entire speech. And Willow's like, man, just ascend already. And Buffy's like, evil. Yeah, that's my number two as well. (laughs) Well, then, I wonder if we'll have the same number one, which is. Buffy leads the mayor into the school library and sees what it's waiting for him. And he's like, well, gosh. No, my, my number runs more just the kind of, you know, end game before there was end game moment where shit's going down and all the students like get their, uh, 
their you know weapons out that they've hidden and then like a bunch of vampires show up and then oh look behind the vampires is like angel and wesley and just like some burly dudes i don't know where they found those guys but they're there to help out too isn't one of them percy or hogan it might be it might be we'll we'll see in that part yeah your boy percy that you've got here the hitherto unknown thoughts about yeah 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 Uh um yeah so we pick up where we left off with Buffy on that roof, all bloodied up, realizing the Faith got away. She leaves Faith's knife behind. Goes down the ladder on the side of the building as the mayor is coming out of that broken window. It's just like we're just getting away in time, seemingly, yeah. Yeah. And regardless of ascension, he's just like put everyone on finding Faith. And he's like in shock, like, she'll be all right. She'll be all right. She'll be all right. Um, Yeah, that might be Percy. It's hard to tell. I'm looking at it now. There's one dude standing nearby. Who just has this like giant sword in his hand? I like it. Yeah. Well, again, the problem with Percy and Hogan is that they're they're interchangeable. They're both like boring white brunette guys. They're yeah, pretty much. They they serve exactly the same function, more or less. Um, so at the library after the credits, like there's Giles and Xander. And Giles is, like drinking coffee, and Xander's like, "Shouldn't you be drinking tea?" And Giles is, like, "Tea is soothing. I wish to be tense." <laughs> um, and then uh, Cordelia storms in, and she's like. I demanded an explanation about Wesley. And Xander's like, inbreeding? Burn. Yeah. Um, she's pissed because Wesley called her crying about the fact that he has to leave the <laughs> country the, now. What the fuck, Wesley? So Cordelia joins in the research. Cordelia, like, I broom this dude. Come on, he can do better. Oh, I, I, I almost wanted to put their final kiss on the Right, uh, right. Where it's just on my like, list. they kiss and it's like, okay, got that over with. Well, I like that they kiss. That wasn't impressive. Let's do it yeah. one more time. Okay. Have yeah. fun. Never mind. Yeah. Have fun in Europe. <laughs> but yeah, she's just like, this is such a Buffy thing to do. She's always thinking of herself. <laughs> uh, we got Angel's Place. That wound is pretty gross now. It's a lot of uh, like like striation of blood vessels and whatnot around it. Yeah. 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 Word. Um, Willow sees that he's awake and he's like clearly hallucinating and he sees he starts like kissing her hands. And this is when he's like, You've been watching over me? And she's like, well, we've been taking turns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a, there's a brief pause. Because, like, he's trying to be funny, but he's also, like, playing, like, sick guy humor. Where he's just like, oh, it's Willow? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, and then she comes out. And there's some moment with, with Oz there. Oh, you too, huh? Uh, so she feels guilty and terrible, like, falling apart. You know, Willow does. But the same way, it's, like, the best night of her life. Because she just had sex. And it felt so good. Um, and then Buffy shows up alive, but without yeah. faith. Yeah. And she's like, I'd like to see Angel alone. And they're like, cool. We're going to take off and maybe have sex some more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got way too much jam. Um, so she's going to make Angel drink from her so that, she, so that he can live. They fight about it with their words. I mean, the constant I like Buffy she, thing. She says, drink me. Yeah. Hey, that's pretty hot. Um well, the constant like Buffy thing because they're super powered individuals. It's like when the words don't get through, they just start hitting each other. So he I like vamps she's, out. She's got to like get her, get him mad enough that he'll do it. I, I guess is how I read that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, in general, yeah. though, over the course of Buffy, especially season three, it's like you're not understanding what I'm saying. Pow. Yeah. Um, but it's funny to me because the vampires, it's not. It, they don't just get all like disfigured. They actually growl like tigers. It's- well, so, that's the whole thing is it's like super sexualized where they, they like collapse on the ground. He's on top of her. She kind of like grabs at some metal vase and just like squishes it into nothing with her 
super powered hands and then she yes, like she kicks out and just like smashes a coffee table yeah, she um it, but then it's like she's starting to like lose consciousness there she's kind of staring up the ceiling and like i don't know angel have a little bit of self-control like did he really need to drink that much blood when he gets off and he's like and i'm spent yeah uh so he rushes her into the er he says that she's been bitten he like tears a door handle off the wall he's so frustrated the Wait, doctor's for a like, second here with this doctor i thought the doctor was it was gonna be like oh these doctors know all about how to deal with yeah, the vampire yeah, yeah, yeah. right but then mm-hmm. he's like act, actually and if it was like an animal or something it's like come on doc yeah well, it's well, sunnydale you know what's up the doctor's like you two been doing some drugs huh huh um also the doctor asks one point what type of blood buffy is but then he lets angel go before he gets that answered like that would save yeah. you life-saving minutes hey i'm curious do you know what blood type you have not a clue neither do i and i i like really should know that but i have no idea how to find out i've also learned from movies that it's not shocking if you don't know your spouse's blood type either yeah um what's her name told me that in gone girl kim dickens uh, kim dickens yeah so in, in the classic joss whedon one shot uh angel goes out into the hallway from this this exam room to make a phone call and then we fall into the, the next phone <laughs> yeah, so the next hospital room where the doctor's giving the mayor the update on Faith. Her bones have reset. Her kidney damage is repairable, but the head trauma is too severe. It's a wonder she if she's alive. pretty battered and bruised. Yeah, he's like, there's almost no chance that she's ever going to regain consciousness for at least a year. Maybe next sweeps. Yeah, um, maybe. But like he's like caressing her face, telling her it's your day. He hears the nurse say there's another young girl with severe blood loss. Also, she's still pretty bruised up. I would think that if her bones have started to heal, like, shouldn't her face bruises? Like, uh, who knows? Anyway. Um, so he like goes in the next room in this, like, like cruel daze, like, sees Buffy unconscious there. And just starts, like, like smothering her with a hand. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. creepy. Yeah. And then the, and the way he's just, like, kind of casually holding her head and, like, rocking it back and forth as he smothers her until someone. Well, she's, like, like hey. doing that twitch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the nurse tries to stop him and she like he like tosses her away and the angel comes and grabs him off of her. Um, I just felt really bad for these poor healthcare workers who are like, can you fucking fight somewhere else? You know, we've got a job to do here. Seriously. Um, yeah. So, you know, the mayor gets like kind of like up in Angel's face, you know, misery loves company, young man. I'm going to shit up you and your whore. Um, angel something across the room. So the mayor just like gets up and laughs it off. And he's like, well, somebody's been eating their spinach. This is two episodes now where the mayor has threatened Buffy's life to one of her patriarchal figures who has to defend her honor of violence. Yeah. So anyway, Angel's still in the, waiting in the ER when the Scooby gang shows up. Um, they realize that the whole Faith thing didn't work out. He has to admit that like the reason Buffy's in the hospital is because he drank her and doesn't even really try to explain it or anything. He's just like, sorry. <laughs> Guys, in my defense, it was hot. Like he doesn't uh, even bother with the oh she she forced me to or whatever yeah he's just like yeah yeah I'm Angel I know you hate me <laughs> you know it well Xander gets one more moment to like you know chide him uh-huh. uh, and then it's like they are all very cross at Angel and he leaves and Xander's like gosh I'm really gonna miss him when he leaves town that's sarcasm you guys so Buffy has the dream of her and Faith moving out of the apartment. and a cat and the cat the cat returns into Faith. Does the cat turn into Faith? Who's the girl in the bed? It's Faith, right? I don't know what you're talking about. Faith comes up behind Buffy here. Okay. 
Look at the shot. Are you you have it in front of you? I have it right in front of me. Yeah, the shot where you have staring ahead at the bed. Yeah, so Faith's in the wind, staring out the window, and we're looking at the cat on the bed, and keep watching that. I'm not really sure what you, what it is you're talking about. So the cat blurs into Faith for one second, and then later the knife appears in Buffy's hand for one second. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at it right now. Buffy's looking ahead at the cat. And then it cuts back to Buffy and Faith walks up behind her. So okay. I don't know what keep, you mean by that. Keep watching as, as Faith goes looks out the window. We will wait. I'm, I'm watching. Keep, we'll, we'll, we got plenty of time. Are we talking about when it like flashes to Faith like knocked out on the bed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. another Faith standing there? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Faith's the girl okay. on the bed. Sure. Um, so it, That is Faith though, right? It's not anybody else. I think it's supposed to be Faith in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they laugh over like which brain could they possibly be in? Like, is it just like a merging of their minds? Um, and then I presume that the boxes are supposed to equate to baggage. I just don't know. Uh, when I was watching this, uh, cause like there's all these weapons. I thought maybe this was where Buffy got the idea to arm all of the, her peers. Well, maybe, I mean, she's definitely taking from Faith's, you know, advice that, you know, you should play upon his human weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, because she was like, take whatever you need. Like, what am I going to do with all these weapons? I I, I kind of thought that that was where that was connecting in her mind there. Mm. And then she wakes up in the hospital. And goes and stands and over Faith's unconscious body. Kisses uh, her on the forehead. So she goes in the hallway later to visit her crew. She's dressed in her red leather again. They're, uh, they're so glad to see her. And Buffy's like, I'm ready. And Willow's like, ready for what? And Buffy's like, war. Let's do it. Um, so after the commercial... We're like looking at the empty graduation area in the school courtyard. We're like Snyder's like examining everything, really like setting that tone. Um, and then the library, like uh, you kind of get the same moment, I think, in like Firefly or Serenity, where the Scooby Gang's like all sitting at the table there in the library, and like Buffy's sitting across them, and she's like just giving them her crazy plan, and they're all going to point out how crazy it is. And Buffy's like, "I am to misbehave." Yeah. Um. We hear Xander's the key figure in this plan. I mean, sort of. Ish. I mean, yeah, I just feel like she's just like pumping up his ego a little bit to make him feel important. Yeah. Because he's, he's Xander's going to like, I don't know, captain them all and, you know, be the general on the battlefield uh, yeah. because of his soldier powers that he still kind of remembers. He it's doesn't like, do a whole lot other than more like attack that way or run that way. But sure. you know. Well, and then clearly like the the reason it falls apart in the way it does is because that, no one knows what the hell he's talking about. Like, no, you guys are the right flank. Yeah. Um, which like I feel like this is the last time you can go to the well of the one time Xander did Halloween soldier guy stuff. I think it pretty much is if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. Um, so Buffy's like, Faith told me to play on his human weakness. And Willow's like, is this before or after you put her in a coma? And Buffy's like, after. <laughs> and Willow's like, oh, huh? This is when Cordelia has her, her Ebola plan. Because the mayor hates germs, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I still think they should have tried that plan, personally. Uh, then Wesley shows up and he's like, hi. Like, What's this line something about crying like a little girl? Well, she says that, that all he can do is cry like a little girl. Yeah. And he's uh, like, well, I'll help anyway if you'll have me. And she's like, fine. And Cordelia's like, that is so classy. Isn't he so classy? So the mayor's laying out his plan for his vampires. Like, he wants the vampires to keep the kids from running. We're going, like, back and forth between Buffy, like, giving her crew, like, their missions and, like, the mayor giving his, like, pep talk. 
it does kind uh, of feel like the mayor. I mean, I guess it had to be this way, but he's missing like one henchman who we kind of recognized at this well, point. Mr. Trick is gone. Yeah. Mr. Trick is gone. Faith is in a coma. He doesn't have like, you know, contestant number three on his like uh, dragon list there that you can bring up and be like, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be there's going to be an eclipse during the graduation. So the vampires and angel will be back in play. Um, there's this whole like petty thing where it's just like Buffy's like, you and Xander are going to have to work together now. Can you guys handle that? And like Xander's like, but I'm still the key guy, right? And she's like, yeah. He's like, well, then Angel in his non-key guy capacity can work with me. And Buffy's like, whatever. Um, Angel's like, of, I got a fucking spinoff to get to. Yeah. Scene of uh, like Xander and, and Willow and other Scoobies going around to like recruit other uh you know, extras that we recognize like Harmony Casually, and Percy. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is where Cordy and, and uh, Wesley finally have their kiss. That just isn't that impressive a kiss. I guess there's no sparks. Mm-hmm. And so that's it. They're done with that. We do see, I think maybe the first time we see Wesley with his glasses off. Maybe. Um, yeah. Cause Will and Oz are on uh volcano duty. Um, Xander's recruiting like uh, his his battalion, including Harmony. And he's like, Harmony, can I talk to you? And she's like, in front of other people. Um, and we see Willow and Oz are like unpacking a bunch of fertilizer with Larry and Jonathan into like a shopping cart that they're going to like sneak into the school. Mm-hmm. They kind of yada, yada, yada over exactly where they get all of their uh, bomb making. I uh, feel like in 1999, you could buy that shit easily. Nah, nah the well, I guess- City bombing was in 96, so. Oh, yeah. or I think is there somewhere around there? Definitely ninety three, maybe. This. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe maybe the original World Trade Center was ninety three. Anyway, let's, let's look up uh, famous terrorism in America for three hundred, Alex. Ninety five. Okay. Ninety five. Yeah. Um. Anyways, they're gonna fuck again in the back of that van. Day before Columbine, actually, April nineteenth. Funny how that day keeps coming up or that 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 time period. Hitler's birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so they're going to fuck in the back of that van. Um, in the school library, Buffy comes. Yeah, getting down. Yeah, they are getting down. They are, uh, yeah, doing the sex in the back of a van, which doesn't seem comfortable. I don't know. Maybe I didn't really see. Does Oz have like a bunch of pillows there or something? I mean, it is a, a van that's used for like band stuff. So yeah. you'd think so. You, you think like the amps needed lots of pillows and things? Hmm. Um, yeah, so in the school library, Buffy comes to see how Angel's doing, and she's like changing into a she's changed into a different leather jacket and pair of leather pants. This is her like getting down the dirt choice of fashion. So things are awkward. He tells her that he won't say goodbye if they get through this. He's just gonna go. And he's like, You understand? And she's like, Yeah, nod head. Um, and she gets out the big dorky knife covered in blood, face lick blood. Lick it, lick it. Ew. Um, so it's graduation time. So all the students in their crimson or maroon gowns. Congratulations, class ninety nine. You all proved more or less adequate. <laughs> I think it's uh, Willow and Oz show up just in time. Willow has listen. sex hair. Yeah, as they listen to the mayor begin his boring speech, I almost wanted them because he pretty much like is talking throughout this. But I kind of wanted them to do the gag where it's like it kind of is just like montaging like you know like kind of fade to like some time later and he's talking about this and fade again you know like yeah, yeah. like he's just been going on and on for like an hour straight or something yeah <laughs> but basically the you know the journey is the destination he tells us in the end you're not the same it's time to ascend 
and then there's an eclipse. And you like, can't quite get to the end of his speech because his body's uh, betraying him. He's just like getting all these like internal pangs. He's like, I had a whole section on civic pride. <laughs> so he turns into this giant snake thing and starts like howling away. So after the commercial, everyone's like running in fear. The vamps start to show up to stop everyone from getting away. But all the students stay in place and Buffy yells, now! And they all disrobe out of their graduation gowns because they all have like crosses on their clothes. There's I like, say, huh. if I was a student, and I just saw the mayor turn into a giant snake. I would have my weapon out immediately. Like, what am I waiting for? You don't think you're an Elmo's surprise guy at that point? Well, well like, well, what are we doing here? Why, why are we waiting for some of the signal? Like, shouldn't this be the signal? Well, I mean, you got to yada, yada, yada some of this. Because clearly, not even just Buffy, but like, presumably, like, Xander Harris has come to you and been like, listen. I know this sounds crazy, even in this town, but the mayor is going to turn into a ginormous fucking snake. Now, which one do you want to man the flamethrower? Yeah, we need to, like, all tool up in, like, quite frankly, pseudo-medieval weaponry, except for the (laughs) flamethrowers. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some harpoon guns. There's harpoon spear guns. There's crossbows. They've got crosses and swords and shit. I don't know why, you know, I'm not a gun nut, but I don't know why we all don't have, like, AKs, but whatever. Um, God, they never air that episode then. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I I would believe this coming from Buffy. I don't know if I believe it coming from Xander, but also, like, you're, you're yada 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 over the, like, and this is why you should actually attend graduation uh-huh. and fight in this army. Anyway, so some students try to, like, run away. Um, I mean, IRL. Xander's telling you about all this shit. You're like, yeah, I'm not going, and uh, I'm going to report that guy to the police. Yeah. She's talking about bringing a bunch of weapons to graduation. I think you should know about that. Well, it's like, they will mail me my diploma. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Oz like leads like the Flaming Arrow Division to like take out the vamps. Uh, so that's when like Wesley sh- or Angel shows up with Wesley and a few others like Percy, and as you put it, some burly dudes. What was the first movie to do the flaming arrow thing? Was that Prince of Thieves? That's one that I first noticed because that was like fifth grade for me. Because it's like such a staple of anything like fantasy-ish or like medieval now. And like I have to imagine there's like some like, you know, like historian who's like just tearing his hair out every time. Like no one would ever do that in medieval times. But I think it's just like because it looks cool on film that they're constantly lighting arrows on fire. Everything I do. Whoa. Do it for you. Yeah. And then Snyder gets eaten. Um, Wesley gets knocked down like immediately. Um, Larry's flamethrower dies. He gets killed. Yeah, he gets well, whacked by like the tail or something, right? Snyder is like dressing down this ginormous snake. Like, this is not orderly. This is not discipline. You're on my campus, buddy. Uh, thus continuing the fate of almost all Sunnydale high, high principles, except for Robin Wood, I believe. I don't think he dies. I think I he's think he, injured at the end, but I think he lives. Is he trying? I don't, I don't the recall. Is he's he on the bus. He makes it to the bus. Who's driving I, the bus? I don't know. Maybe Xander. Huh. Well, I mean, <laughs> how does he see to the left? Oh, he turns. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the vampires go to rush the kids. And Xander orders them to go, like, fight hand-to-hand. It's like, Jonathan attacks one vampire. We see a vampire feeding on Harmony. It's okay. She'll be back. Uh, Cordelia stakes a vampire. I thought that was pretty impressive. Cordy. Yeah. Like, like, uh, like pretty, like, pro-level, too. Like, good form. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Wes is just like laying on the ground, like, can I get some help here? There's a scene where Jonathan just goes like, yeah, and like throws his whole body to vampire. <laughs> Buffy like teases the mayor snake with the knife. She's like, I took it from Faith, stuck it in her gut, just slid it in her like she was butter. You want to get it back from me, dick? They've been holding off a really long time to make a dick joke there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she like runs along the school and inside he comes after. I was shocked rewatching this the other night. Like this, this holds up. I mean, it's cheesy, but like effects wise, it pretty much holds uh, up. Not for sure the most if part, I entirely agree with for you on that. Part. I think the physical effects of things getting knocked down those all hold up. The CGI of the snake, I don't think holds up. Well, he's like smashing through walls, like pursuing yeah. her. And she like runs in the library and like dives out that back window and he sees like the canisters of gasoline and fertilizer and shit marked flammable. And he's just like, Well, gosh. Kaboom. Giles yeah. hit you know, has like the little TNT plunger thing or whatever and blows up the school. Cause of course that's how you have to end Sunnydale High in graduation day. They just blow it up. So apparently, according to Marty Noxon, they filmed the explosion at five AM in Torrance. It was so loud and so disruptive that the city refused to let them film there again. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, Jonathan's like holding on to Cordy as it blows up. Nice. I don't know quite how that happened, but go for it, Jonathan. Uh, Wesley's in the aftermath. Wesley's wheeled into an ambulance, like just wanting something for the pain or to be knocked unconscious. Um, Buffy and Xander. Like, They're really just around. like just till the end dunking on Wesley here. I have to wonder. Did they know at this point? I mean, they couldn't have known at this point that they were going to bring him in to Angel. It's a while. It's like towards the end of season one of Angel, he shows up, right? Yeah, yeah. It's at least least halfway, if not more. Yeah. Yeah, because the fucking Doyle was around for a while. Um, Um, Yeah, I wonder if uh, Allison Hannigan and him were dating at this point. Good question. Uh, So, you know, Xander and Buffy are walking, walking around or walking around the aftermath, and he sees her looking around. He's like, look, he made it through the fight. I guess maybe he just took off so giles comes over this one she like you know does the whole bad, process, tree yeah, pretty yeah. which is uh i have not listened to many or really any other buffy podcasts i know there's some good ones but fire bad tree pretty is the one i listen to and i enjoy uh giles managed to salvage buffy's diploma um he's like taking a deep breath and looking around he's just like there's a certain dramatic irony that's attached to all this uh synchronicity that borders on on predestination one might say and she looks at him and she's just like fire bad tree pretty and then she looks over and kind of in the mist there's angel just standing there yeah well Does like, he come over and talk to her no, no, no. just got bro nod walk away into the mist yeah. well like you think it's going to do that thing where like a fireman will pass in front of him and he'll just and disappear he disappears. Yeah. But, he, but they don't they, they actually show him you know not batman just like turning and walking um so xander will and oz sit across from the school like processing all this and cordelia joins them Oz has his hands in Willow's hair. I'm surprised she's not like orgasming at that point. Um, yeah, and it's like if someone could just wake me when it's time to go to college, that would be great. And he's Oz is like Oz of all people is like take a moment, and appreciate that we survived. We're taking a moment. And Buffy's like, "What's the hell of a battle?" Yeah, the moment's like, over. Yeah, he's like, "Not the battle, high school." Because Oz has gone to high school for five years now. Yeah, really. Take a moment, Oz. Um, so they deleted one of Xander's lines here. Apparently, oh, yeah. what is it? It was supposed to be you guys. We blew up the school. It's the best day ever. Yeah, I could see how they'd want to edit that. Nineteen ninety nine. That's not flying. Yeah. 
And they all walk off. And we see the shot of the yearbook with the theme for that year. The future is ours. Oh, I'm trying to remember, like, at the time, if it was, like, I'm remembering, like, the, all the Columbine stuff. I think we knew that they had, like, brought, like, these, like, propane, propane bank bombs into class. But, like, it wouldn't be till much later we learned, like, how much they were really planning that, like, they didn't weren't able to pull off. Because they had some fucking crazy ideas beyond just, like, murdering a bunch of classmates. Yeah, yeah. And that some of the stuff, some of the urban legends that we would be stuck with. Yeah, yeah. Like the girl who supposedly was a martyr. Yeah, do you believe in God and all that kind of shit? Which yeah. is not true. Yeah. Uh, then pan down to the Sunnydale '99 yearbook. That is a hideous yearbook cover. The future is ours. God. So, so you want to take uh, some issue? With, I mean, is this Freddie Iverson? Is this your boy, or or what? I don't know if he's doing the yearbook or not, but um, this is just some fucking amateur hour shit. This is embarrassing. Mm. Mm. No awards for these guys. No. Actually, they're not getting a gold crown or a pacemaker for sure. In your face, they are going to get an award because their fucking school blew up. Are they? Yeah, they're going to get a sympathy award. I don't know about that. I bet they're not even using grids to lay out. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. So there's no, I'm trying to think, there's no high school in Sunnydale for like two years. I'm sure that there are, they probably like moved them to other high schools or, or something like that, you know, like. Oh, oh the South Side, Sunnydale? Isn't there. For the Serpents Do they ever mention another high school in Sunnydale? Like, like I don't the think rival so. or anything like that? Does that ever come up? I don't think so. Sorry, yeah, the They must my, be like maybe busting them somewhere else. My cat's just gotten her head stuck in a bag. Hmm, okay. All right. Well, that was Graduation Day Part Two, and that is the end of Season Three. Yeah. Good season, satisfying. Maybe not the uh, the crushing tragedy of season two, but pretty good. Pretty good season overall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, great way to have Buffy move beyond Angel and kind of accept herself and do that thing you do where you go and date a lot of really mediocre, lame people in high school or in college for a while. Fucking Parker, yeah. And then Riley. And then Riley. Oof. Uh, all right. Well, any complaints? Yeah, I've been thinking about this for a few days. I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me just because it's. I mean, other than some of the Xander stuff, it's been so intrinsically locked in my 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 mind for ten plus years, twenty plus years. It's hard for me to say. What about you? Uh, so the CGI on Demon Mayor, I thought is just truly awful. It's just even by Buffy standards, it looks horrendous. Uh, so that is a complaint. When do you uh, see they probably better CGI their budget in Buffy? on a lot of their stuff? I feel like we've seen better CGI in Buffy. I'd be curious where. I can't think off the top of my head, but I know there have been other moments where there's been CGI in an episode and it wasn't that bad. Because I know there's like a snake, like in season five or six, that looks really bad too. This to me looks like they just have no money left after all the kind of physical, practical stuff they're doing at school. Mm. And so, like, I'm sure that, like, somebody on their laptop could, like, in a day now go through and, like, fix all that up and make it look better than it does here. Like, I, I, like I, I don't know. I would almost want them to do that. Like, I'm not, like, a big, like, let's special edition everything. But, like, if you were, like, cleaning up these episodes anyway for, like, a widescreen release... Maybe it wouldn't hurt. Just saying. I would love Buffy special editions because, I mean, these like grainy boxes (laughs) 
of episodes that they that they get released in. I mean, I, w- I would like a nice uh, at least uh, 4K is probably unrealistic. I think they shot the first two seasons on 16 millimeter, but at least like a 1080p widescreen version of Buffy mm-hmm. that they've like give it like the wire treatment where like they're making intelligent decisions about the uh, the framing and the cropping and if they need to CGI out like a you know crew person who's on the side of the frame they do that type of stuff mm-hmm. that'd be nice because the i know the ones that they have out there are garbage and like they just look like crap and they're the color grading's all wrong mm, yeah. maybe someday i don't know i guess disney technically owns buffy now right it's part yeah. of fox yeah maybe oh wait can't wait till we get this maybe. on disney plus i guess it's on would it be on hulu it's on hulu right now it's on hulu okay yeah I don't, yeah, I don't, Disney's weird with the whole, like, what they decide to put on Disney Plus and what goes to Hulu. Um, I mean, I guess Hulu is where they would dump this. Like, it's like Love Victor, or Love, or, Love Victor, right? Yeah. Well, I yeah, guess Love, they just Love, Love Victor, Victor. Hil- Hilary Duff, and uh, Buffy. Maybe I guess Hilary just Duff. Moved. I, I don't think that, uh, I think that got, like, canceled or whatever. I think they just had, like, one X Men movie on Disney Plus. Like, but not the rest of them. It's weird. Interesting. Uh, so one more complaint. Just the mayor and Faith, like, daddy stuff, it just creeps me out. Um, if I can make one change. Is, well, I, I, my only thing about that is it's the only other human-ish thing about the mayor. Even if it's, I mean, I don't, because it's not so overtly sexual, I don't mind it as much. Like, the fact that it's twisted I think fits. I mean, I know he talks about his like dead wife at one point. Um, I think the the having her wear the dressing to me is just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, as a whole, like having him actually mourn Faith to the point where it makes him sloppy for a guy who's been so meticulous in his plans. Sure, it's like you know, obviously this is not a character they're going to redeem. So I'm kind of glad they gave like tethered him in some way to the human world. All right. Anyway, you finally get to hear my my Percy take here and my make one change. Hmm. I would have had Percy die instead of Larry. I mean, come on, Joss. You have like a, a, one entire gay character on your whole show and you just kind of randomly kill him off. Yeah, well, they'll bring another gay character. Well, great. Yeah. <laughs> one at a time. Yeah, I mean, they could have easily been Percy. There's no reason why it had to be Larry, basically. Yeah, so that's, why that's not fair. kill off Percy? Hey, Percy didn't respect history, so he should pay for it. Ooh, nice, nice. I mean, Larry, like, there's there's options for Larry going forward, like you know, in the rest of the show. I mean, even if you weren't going to have him on the show anymore, like, did you have to kill that character off of all the characters? Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, uh, power rankings. I got fifteen. I also have fifteen. All right, who's your fifteen? Your buddy Percy. And me too. But I feel like they're shoving him down my throat. Um, no pun intended. Like he just keeps showing up in these last couple episodes to the point where I was like kind of surprised that they don't kill him or he doesn't have like a higher purpose. Well, cause we get like the moment of harmony gets bit and then Larry gets got and we see Jonathan kind of like fly at somebody, but like, there's no like, and Percy did this in the fight type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even notice harmony getting bit when this first aired. Um, yeah, it's pretty quick. I didn't even think about her until she returned in like season five. 
Does she comes, she's in season four, yeah, with oh, uh, she's the, the uh, Spike's she's, girlfriend. Yeah, okay. Um, is it season five where she comes back and she realizes that like they're not going to rekindle their romance because he's into Buffy? Anyway, yeah, I was like yeah. shocked. I was like, oh wait, Harmony's a vampire, and it's like, oh yeah, that happened in season three. Anyway, number fourteen is my is Harmony. All right, you know I do not have Harmony on here. Sorry, Harm. I've got Snyder at fourteen. Hmm. Uh, at 14, uh, how many? 13, I have, yeah. 13, I have Jonathan and Larry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, Larry didn't make my list. Sorry, Larry. It's tricky. I mean, Larry is kind of an afterthought, I'm sad to say, just because Jonathan obviously is much more prominent in the lore of Buffy, even pre-Superstar. But um, because they're doing the fertilizer together, I think I just, I bunched them up. Sure, sure. I've got Wesley at 13. Okay. Just I've got. A, just a real Burke right to the end. Yeah, I've got Wesley Wyndham Price at 12. Um, soon to be a rogue demon hunter, to which Cordelia will say, what's a rogue demon? <laughs> uh, I got Joyce at 12. Doesn't have a whole lot to do here, but she does have the fun moment of Buffy realizing that she had sex with Giles on the top of the police car twice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually have Joyce at 11. It's kind of interesting that she's... It's like you think there's going to be a bigger scene of her and Buffy and like the packing thing. And it's like, I don't know. In a way, they've season three kind of opened up Joyce to a much more interesting understanding of her daughter. But it also like undercut a lot of the typical drama. It's like we we went there in the season two finale. We're not really going to go back. I'm sure they just like it's like, how long do we need to belabor this? Obviously, we need Buffy to go have a big fight at the, you know, the season finale. Yeah. And so haven't we earned it like we'll have this one scene where she convinces Joyce to leave and that's it pretty much well but it's like they haven't forgotten about the lingering wound of oh you're running away again yeah 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 uh number 11 I've got Jonathan uh mostly for earshot Hmm. although I don't know not cool bringing a gun to school dude no it's not um people gonna frown upon that uh number 10 I've got Principal Snyder um I I like Armin Shimmerman, um, and he's got some fun moments when he goes out. I've got Anya at number 10, which, like, I was really tempted to put her much higher, but I realized she wasn't in these episodes that much. Um, Anya, I feel like, will be riding higher and higher as uh, these next seasons come on. Oh, fuck. Don't have Anya on there, do you? I'm going to make a quick... Just, just take Xander off and put her on instead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do a... Uh, what, what do you call this in uh, sports? Is this an audible? It's this an one? audible. Yeah, this is what an audible, audible is? I've never known what that is, I've just, but I've used that many times. Uh, audible is when you're at the line, the QB realizes that the defense is in the wrong formation for the play that they've called. So the audible to a different play at the line. Word. Okay, number nine. I'm going to do course correct here, and uh, I've got Oz slash Cordelia. Okay. Was that part of your audible, or is that at all like that? That's my reshuffle. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I can see that. I've got the mayor at number nine. Mm. I, I'll be honest. I've never been the biggest fan of the mayor as other Buffy fans seem to be. He's fine to me, but I don't know. I think there's something about like his, that, like kind of like laugh he does at like, <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. It just bothers me. I don't like when people laugh like that. Interesting. Yeah. What a fascinating pet peeve. Uh, number eight. Cause I've- it's always like laughing at your own joke. It's just, it just it annoys me. Is it the actual la- type of laugh or the fact that he's laughing at his own joke? Both. Okay. Oh, interesting. It's too far for you. Uh, number eight, I've got Angel. Okay. 
Whatever. It's Angel. It's yeah, it's out. Angel. He's on his way out. I mean, the next three, you could probably shuffle these in any order. I've got Xander at eight. Mm. He's uh, he's backslid not as far, maybe, as like season two Xander, but it's definitely a come down from the previous batch of episodes we did where it, it kind of felt like the writers forgot some of his character development. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, speaking of which, that's why number seven is my is Xander Harris. Um, it's like I've we got- just got to the end of the Zeppo, man. <laughs> Well, it's just, it's weird. I don't know. I mean, I guess you could say that maybe his experience with faith, faith and kind of his self-esteem was so shot that he reverted to earlier form or something. I don't know. It doesn't totally add up to me. You know what we totally forgot to call out is uh, during graduation, when I don't remember who, but somebody is like saying in their speech, like, we all have seen some strange things at this high school. And people are like yelling out like, hyena people. And I wanted them to like linger a little bit longer on Xander's face. Yeah, that's in uh, the prom. Uh, oh, it's the prom? Yeah, that's right. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Snyder, yeah. Yeah. Uh, number seven. Yeah, Xander, is that right? Yeah. Uh, I've got Oz at seven. Not a whole lot there. I mean, I think his best moments were probably an earshot, which is like <laughs> Buffy contains every, all thought. <laughs> we think, therefore, she exists. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, number six is where I've got Anya Emanuel, something, something, something Jenkins. Um, I love her. Um, like, and her, I, I like that she just puts him in his place for that one moment. Just, you know, like, fuck you. I'm trying here. Like, what are you doing? Like, you, you sit there and you just moan about how, how upset you are of the world. And here I am trying to actually make a connection with you. And all you're doing is trying to belittle me. And then she's like, packs up her car very wisely to leave town. It's like not insensible for her to want to get the fuck away from uh, an ascension, especially she's, yeah, really. as she's explained. I have seen one before, guys. It's not great. Um, and she stops on her way to get snacks to also potentially get Xander. But then I also started to think, what kind of kinky, fun conversations that these kids have over the years where she's like, you don't know this, but there was once like a nightmare universe, almost a age of apocalypse, <laughs> where I made a wish that was against you. Anywho. By the way, it's, uh, it's Anya, Christina, Emanuela Jenkins. Thank you very born much. Born on the 4th of July. There you go. Born on the 4th of July. <laughs> she is. She's born on the 4th of July, according to her like, fake passport or whatever. Uh, uh, that was your number six? Yep. All right. I've got Angel at six. It's uh, it's time for him to go from the show. I'd say we've had enough Angel. Mm-hmm. He's like, I mean, say what you will, pre, you know what, with Spike. Like, he's more emotive. He's more responsive. You get more. Like, I mean, they they really play the joke, though, I think intentionally of him being so, of Angel being so deadpan. Yeah. His yeah. moments of Buffy. And it's like, she's never going to get, you know, good back and forth from this guy. He's got to go. But I think they they worked a whole they they got a whole season out of Angel being kind of semi strange and then can they get back together? Is that even going to be possible? Maybe they shouldn't. But like there was kind of nowhere else to go at this point. They yeah. really need to get rid of him. Yeah, well, they got and, everything they could out of him. And I think they did the thing where it's like we're going to have him play at being Angelus, maybe a little too good on the fly. And like mm-hmm. just so you know, okay you don't want to see that again for a whole season. Like we've, we've done that. Um, number five is Willow Rosenberg. Um, 
She's adorable. Does she ever great. come back? Like, Who? Does Anya ever come back in the comic? Uh, I don't know. Huh, I was just wondering that. Yeah, Willow is fantastic. I also have her at number five. Um, she is not so much in the episodes we watch, but in some of the other ones, she's like pretty funny in some mm-hmm. of those. And like she kind of has like some hero moments, uh, like facing down faith and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's choices. Yeah. Or she gets like kidnapped. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, number four, I have the mayor because I've always liked him more than other Buffy fans. Okay. Is that it? That's it. Okay. I've got uh, Cordelia at number four. I was almost tempted to put her even higher because um, I really love Cordelia in these last few episodes. I feel like she's she's really grown in a lot of ways too and will only grow further when she moves over to Angel. Um, almost like she'll grow into a completely other character. I don't know if I'd say other character. I mean, I wouldn't say she's inconsistent, but mm. I think that they managed to make her more than just kind of like the stuck-up mean girl character like they gave her some real depth i just mean she turns even, even into, while still being fun cordy you know i just mean she literally turns into jasmine um number three i have rupert giles okay me as well um he's you know fencing while reading a newspaper <laughs> can't go wrong with that yeah number two i've got faith i imagine you have faith as well word Little Miss Buffett, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, and and one is Buffy. I I'm also curious to see if anyone will ever break Buffy's stranglehold on number one. But so far, Buffy always manages to come out with the uh, just the killer monologue or like the emotional scene that she like destroys. Like nobody can top her so far. We'll see. Well, the show it doesn't fuck around about making one of the other ensemble characters like story more crucial than hers they always find the way it relates to buffy and like how it hurts her um mm-hmm. yeah yeah there are some shows that probably expand a little too much of their character roster and kind of lose focus but buffy i don't think ever really does until the final season with all the uh, the uh, potentials yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's parts where you know she gets like kicked out of the house and stuff, and it's just there's a lot of that season where it's like we've got the potentials and like Wood and Andrew, and it's like what are we doing here? What happened to Scooby Gang? Yeah, and just like the like interventions or people just gangs up on Buffy the Tower, how wrong she is about yeah. things. Oh, wow. Anyway, that's season three. We're going to do all season four next week in one big episode. Wow. And Hush, This Year's Girl, Who Are You, and Restless. That's going to be a monster. Is that what we're doing? Yes. All right, say that again. Hush, This Year's Hush, Girl. Hush, This Year's Girl, Who Are You, and Restless. You might have noticed we're skipping entirely over the initiative. Oh, darn. <laughs> Let's try to focus as little on Riley Finn, those dorks as possible. Um. The way they wrote Forrest. Who is the other dude? Forrest? Well, no, there's Forrest, and then there's like the other guy who I think lives and comes back later, right? Like, don't we see that other dude later in like season five? Like, he comes back with Riley or something like that? Maybe. But the way they wrote Forrest, you were saying. Just, he's just so frustrating. And he's meant to be frustrating. 
I know he gets like reanimated, like one of the zombie dudes. Right? He becomes zombified, or but he's he's so like anti Buffy that it just starts to feel kind of gross after a while because he's constantly like Riley, she's bad for you. You got to stay with your boys and like go army constantly. Graham, yeah. Graham, that's right. Yeah, and he comes back in good God, as you were a shit ton of season five. Really? Okay. Well, like maybe they're related to Spike. Three episodes of season five? Wow. Wow. Um, I still think as you were as like Riley Finn had canon. It never happened. Is this one where he leaves? Or wait, maybe I'm thinking of as you were as the one when he comes back. I think that's season six actually. Um, where Riley, Riley comes back and he's got like a wife and he just like exists to like show Buffy up. Yeah. I, I felt like. I liked what they were going for there because it's not insane that like Buffy would run into like her, her ex sure. who's moved on into a relation mm-hmm. that's supposedly stable, whatever. Yeah. As you were, it's when we come back, but like, it just felt like a year later seemed awfully quick. It was a lot to happen for sure. Although yeah. you can see it with Riley, <laughs> like one I, of those, like they have to get married so they can have sex type of relationships. I, I give, that uh that marriage six months yeah um but yeah we got to deal with or we're, we're basically skipping over adam right yeah because yeah, adam sucks so i was reading somewhere you know the whole like professor demonology business yeah apparently Lindsay krauss was supposed to be the big bad okay and like she didn't want to like do the show anymore or something like that so that's why adam was brought more to the forefront though she was never actually the professor of demonology no but i think maybe like in secret she would be or something i don't know i guess they had to change up a lot of that. So what we're referring to is that there was like a press release when, you know, you didn't get the the actual season finale of season three where it was like, don't worry, we'll play it again at some point. But Buffy season four will return and Buffy goes to college and her and her friends will face off against UC Sunnydale's professor of demonology. And it was like, OK, that seems very Buffy. Um, and then the other detail you got while you're waiting was the casting aside for Riley, Riley. Finn was yeah. that he was the Clark Kent to Angel's Bruce Wayne. Sure. <sighs> he is not a Clark Kent, in my opinion. I would. I, I wish we could go through that entire next podcast without saying his name once. Yeah, unfortunately, he's in a few of those. Yeah. Bummer. He's a cowboy guy. Yeah, he's a cowboy guy. Yeah, you you men and your sales, and he has sex with Buffy Faith. Or maybe yeah. fake Buffy. Uh, well, Buffy's body, Faith's mind, I believe. Right? Yeah. There's a there's a whole consent question there. Yeah, there sure is. Okay. All right. Well, that was season three. We'll be back with season four next week. Any final thoughts? No, looking forward to it. Um, I mean, I, I I remember you know enjoying season four, so not loving, it's it, enjoying, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.